This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Hey, let's talk about you, the ID10T community events at ID10T.com, like Russ Stevens, a.k.a. Cool Movies Darth, who uh, has started a podcast called 90 for Chill, uh, which Russ says is dedicated to movies with a runtime between 74 and 99 minutes, the time frame that I feel is ideal. Russ, I could not agree with you more. That is a fantastic idea. Uh, Russ goes on to say there are times you need a cinematic fix but don't have time for the latest Scorsese masterpiece or offering from a comic book universe. There's also times when you know you need a conclusion to prevent a binge costing you a whole night. Um, my guests and I try to follow these guidelines as we chat up features that are definitely worth your time and are beyond easy to make time for. 90 for Chill, the podcast, can be found on all major podcast platforms at 94chill.com, and that's spelling out 90, uh, N-I-N-E-T-Y, 4-F-O-R, chill. Um, so there you go. Thank you so much for sharing, Russ. A uh, really great idea for a podcast. Events at ID10T.com for everyone else. with Cat Bus Russ. This is Cat Bus Russ, and this is where I like to give my trigger warnings and context disclaimer. It's an interesting conversation, uh, this episode, about Men in Black with Sam Marsh, a person who's pretty reserved uh, when it comes to social media. At least this shows that Mastodon works. That's where I found uh, this gentleman. And I think it just... You can just tell there's going to be a generational gap in things. I might suggest things that he's not really catching up on or might not be comfortable talking about. The original idea was to discuss uh, Porco Rosso and, of course, gender dynamic, I guess, of a cursed Italian pig who flies airplanes and is a lady person. That's just going to be the vibe. I know he was uh, very much about, you know, let's go and uh, edit this stuff, chop it down and... I'll just be up front. I'm really only looking to keep this PG-13. There's going to be some dead air as I'm looking for stuff. But, you know, hopefully next time, you know, it just tells a person to keep talking. That's the key to podcasting. Just uh, keep chattering. And I think you're going to have a slice of fried gold, as Sean would say from Shaun of the Dead. Little hands, it is time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. You don't know everything about me. The Avengers weren't my first family. At some point, we all have to choose between what the world wants you to be and who you are. Last week, I said it's going to be MCU next Tuesday. Well, it's next Tuesday, and I just concluded watching Black Widow, the Scarlett Johansson-led Marvel MCU feature to kind of kick off the fourth phase, which I honestly kind of dug the darker tone. Not as much room for jokes, and I think that uh, benefits this uh, one-off movie. 
and the action is as solid as you can expect for a Marvel feature. So we're not quite to the Wick-type stage yet, but I think we'll get there, hopefully. Think about the hallway fight, say, from Daredevil. So it's in there. We just have to uh, pull that out. Uh, the characters are all fun. Uh, I did like Ray Winstone as your antagonist. David Harbour gets to play the goofy dad, which is pretty much, I think, is what was wrong with Hellboy, I guess. No mater uh, paternal instincts. I mean, I guess the CG is a little heavy by the end, but hey, this was essentially shot during the pandemic, so I can't really hate on that too much. That is the beauty of creating the uh, final set piece, I suppose, is something that's totally impossible in reality, so we definitely get to suspend our disbelief on that. Not to say that I don't think castles in the sky are impossible, but let's let's not say they are because we don't need them addressing another Studio Ghibli feature. I was weird. I was on a plane, the plane to London, and I see that they did a Whisper of the Heart uh, remake it, live action wise. And it's like, no, I don't even want to think about a CG Baron at this point. I'll, I'll deal with. Uh, earwig thanks i guess i was very disappointed by the spoiler scene because this is the kind of disney synergy we don't need basically it was like oh and get ready to watch hawkeye it's like well i don't know if we really need to wait 10 minutes of credits to see that and i guess on disney plus you can skip it but the credits but that's not fair now is that yeah it's a rather inoffensive piece i suppose uh black you could definitely tell that scarlett johansson i guess that's the biggest thing is just you know ready to hang it up by this point i think she's starting to be a 40 year old performer i know that sounds cold in terms of actresses but yeah she's just definitely we can't really do flashback movies with her i suppose is what i'm saying not insulting her looks just saying it's like Yep, we're really pushing it for this money grab, and I can definitely appreciate her anger over the and lawsuit over that. In the end, if we don't see Red Guardian back, though, uh, David Harbour's character, was this movie really needed? And this is the first time I would say in the MCU that uh, we have gotten to that point. I mean, if you like the Black Widow character, and I know, I mean, this one's for the ladies, I suppose, or the little girls who needed a heroin. I knew plenty of them who were pissed back in 2012, trying to friends trying to buy their daughters toys, and they just didn't have enough Black Widow merchandise for them. Now it's just making me further think about where the MCU is going after Scarlet Witch and her mental issues, what they're really saying about the characters that girls could really rally behind. I don't know. Um, interesting where the uh, MCU is going. I guess uh, it'll be Shang-Chi next. But a part of me is I haven't seen any reason for the connection. You're telling me Iron Man 3, which is probably, dare I say, the unnecessary Iron Man? Especially when, you know, the paranoia and such. So I guess it's justified in Civil War, but as I say, this one, unfortunately, it's great to get introduced to Yurina, Florence Pugh, but 
If this was just to advertise Hawkeye, I think it missed the mark. Hello there. I just need to make sure that I have a bit where I am throwing out my pitches and plugs, so please pardon the seemingly persistent podcast foreplay. This is 90 for Chill, the podcast with Cat Bus Russ. I am Cat Bus Russ. You can get an idea what the next episode might be by... Follow me on Letterboxd. The username there is CMDarth. That's C as in cool, M as in movie, Darth as a Sith Lord. I'm really glad to perhaps bring Sam Marsh back to Letterboxd. More importantly, that he brought up Men in Black as the movie, because this is a film that came when I was just really realizing that movies were just getting way too long. You know, in 93, you had an extra 30 minutes on Jurassic Park that could have been cut. The kids, primarily. 1994, Forrest Gump was three hours long. 1995, you get a bloated Batman feature with Batman Forever and the worst Tommy Lee Jones. Really makes you appreciate Men in Black, which might be the best Tommy Lee Jones. And 96, again, bloated Independence Day. It's just kind of nice to know that there was a movie that was supposed to make hundreds of millions of dollars and was under 100 minutes. Sam is a big fan of the franchise, so I hope maybe we can go and expand on this in the future. I'm always looking for guests for the show. So with that said, if you want to be a guest on 90 for Chill, the podcast, offer me a film, a director, an actor, a theme. Just try to focus on sub 100 minute material, but I can make any feature work if you're willing to do as much work as I am, at least when it comes to binge watching. No one's done it yet, but you can send me an email at rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-07 at gmail.com. Or communicate with me on Twitter at CatBusRuss or find me on Mastodon. It is a thing. This podcast proves it. My username there is at Stevens at Mastodon.social. Please rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps. Give me those five-star reviews. I'm an Apple fan myself. I will reciprocate. The username is TheScoopStaley. And be as honest as you like in the review. I'm just looking for those five stars to change the algorithm. And otherwise, I think all I have to do is thank Station Marie Harden for taking, um, you know, just keeping an eye on me, keeping me out of trouble. And I hope she's doing the same to everybody else she touched in her life. And I hope she's squeezing the ever living, or I should say undead poop out of Skimbleshanks, the most cuddly kitty I've ever encountered. So enjoy the show. And thanks for coming to 90 for Chill, the podcast. Coming July 4th. We'll take it from here. We are the best kept secret in the universe. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. Step away from your busted ass vehicle and put your hands on your head. Tommy Lee Jones. What I can't understand is why you gotta come down here bringing all this ruckus. Will Smith. Hey, you doing fine, eh? Men in Black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. You may now return to your nachos. All right, so. Boomer Siri says we're working. So this is uh, 90 for Chill, the podcast with uh, Cat Bus Russ. And today my guest is, well, I know Sam is part of the name. I didn't know. I see it as your username is Sam Martian or S Martian. Yeah, my, my I mean, I can just get my full name, Sam Marsh. And the, the yeah. username I use these days um, is Smartian. That's uh, that's what I presumed. Like, yeah. So weirdly appropriate. I didn't think about that, but it's weirdly appropriate, even though we're talking about men in black. Oh, so aliens and stuff. And it's, it's, it's Martian with an S in front of it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. As I say, that's how I kind of like, well, it's gotta be Sam Marsh. I just, um, 
So that's uh, so as we were just uh, discussing, getting the recording all set up, you've taken at least one class in college about movies <laughs> and I mean, a uh, decade ago. But yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. Jeez. I don't even want to think about it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, probably 15 years or so. Well, no, not 14. But uh, no, it was really liked by the mass communication director. Like, oh, you should be this the Illinois Central College uh, film critic. <laughs> so. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I could at least, uh, you know, stop, watch a movie, but uh, 90 for Chill, we just usually BS. As I say, I got to line, loads of notes, just observations, and go from there. Sometimes we get insight. Sometimes it's just, um, you know, drunken ramblings, yeah, it's a, dare it's I a podcast, say. podcast, it's a conversation. Yeah. Right, precisely, precisely. So um, just uh, curious, where are we based out of? I'm out of... Uh, or Champaign Urbana, Illinois. So you, University of Illinois, basically. Okay, uh, I'm in uh, around Dallas, Texas. Okay, so good Central Time Zone. All lines yeah, up. Yeah. Great. All right. Because like I had, um, so this is the first podcast that proves that there is actual stuff happening on Mastodon. I guess <laughs> the first time. I've... Yeah, yeah. So. I haven't been on there too much. I, I've been kind of in and out. Uh, so I'm glad we got connected on Discord. So it, I, I pay more attention to that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah mastodon is interesting i i, I definitely had grown sour twitter even before uh must took over there not that we need to get too into that oh uh, yeah <laughs> oh i'm just not going to jump on thread i think is the zuckerberg uh, equivalent yeah no <laughs> and i hear it's a great platform sadly but yeah uh just uh i'm i'm still i still miss tom from myspace mm-hmm. i mean as a i mean i went to school as a uh originally uh before my professional wrestling career as a uh web designer so um i was always a little bitter when people like tom from myspace or zuckerberg came out with something it's like you're taking work away from me so (laughs) but uh yeah they kind of there's not a lot of like unique websites anymore it's just the handful that we mostly use yep the landscape's changing though which is interesting it's uh so it's it's interesting that that you have a background in web because i actually am a a web dev and have been for uh almost a decade now it's kind of with the the career i got into uh uh you know around the time i took that that film appreciation class um kind of switched gears there uh mm. but yeah no the landscape is, is is changing i'm curious to see how it goes obviously threads is popping up reddit's kind of fizzling a little bit i don't yep. know if that's gonna that's gonna die i'm, I'm kind of wanting something new we'll, we'll see yeah yeah most definitely um yeah so i my web design certificate is like 21 years old now so it's kind of like mm-hmm. uh, yes oh like in the couple of years after i got my certificate it's like it was basically very much like keep everything short and concise concise websites are brochures they're not mm. not everybody has high speed internet and <laughs> then two years later everybody has high speed internet so yeah that's my story there um but as I said, I was basically doing that just so my parents would pay for my pro wrestling career. But oh, sure. So you actually wrestled? <laughs> uh, yeah, from uh, trained under Danny Daniels, um, trainer of Seth Rollins and uh, AKA Tyler Black. AKA, I mean, he's the current uh, world heavyweight champion in WWE. Okay. So I have a six man tag team victory over him <laughs> back, <laughs> back in the day. Interesting. So yeah, That's, uh, I'm not too interesting myself, but I, I see it here and there and, and admire it from afar. I, I suppose it's a it's an interesting world, kind of uh, unique uh, kind of uh, fiction, right? It's it's 
fake but not because they're real athletes oh that, yeah so, yeah oh yeah um yeah real athletes my always prop my problem was always like okay not necessarily real tough guys so uh hey hmm. if that you know saying that gets me booked somewhere because somebody takes offense cool uh, <laughs> it's all part of the game yep i i got a i always carry a trunk full of t- i mean a uh, suitcase full of tights in my car regardless <laughs> i haven't uh, full of okay oh you gotta have at least a week's worth of gear uh, <laughs> so or weekends i should say but this can get messy in the ring yep all right so but i mean uh talking about just you know trying to transition i should say not talking about that's uh, a little bollocks we got off topic a little bit <laughs> oh yeah well no it's just like oh because you know i was figured okay well he doesn't really have much on this platform he doesn't have this much on this platform hey i'll i'll credit to you i mean a lot of people just don't want to get into social media and oh yeah i'm not really around yeah so uh just needed to get get to know you a little bit there um so my transition was basically you know if anybody kind of set maybe a template uh for pro wrestlers into acting say your Dwayne Johnson's your John Cena's uh Dave Batista's I guess mm. you could kind of base it off of Will Smith to an extent hmm Let me well, you say I, that well I say that because Will's like when I go and watch a Will Smith movie I basically want Will Smith to be just an offshoot mm. of uh the Fresh Prince there I say Mm-hmm. So, like, um, and this is definitely a movie where it's just Will Smith being Will Smith, essentially. Sure. And uh, I would go back to, um, like, I know the Suicide, I know Suicide Squad. Let's not mess up the uh, James Gunn, the Suicide Squad. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, like, Confusing. I, right. I liked it. Not saying it's a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. The first one? Right. With with Will Smith, yeah. Yeah. But Will Smith got to just be like Will Smith, you know. The yeah, the, he... the the moment they gave Deadshot the uh the gun, mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, yes. That all scene is great. I, I, I liked him in that movie. I think I like Will Smith in general. He's always always fun. Uh and he's he's a solid dramatic actor, um, and, and did okay in that in that capacity there. Oh, um, I mean he's a he's an Oscar yeah. winner, uh, which yeah. I'm not really a fan of that decision, judging of about his actions. <laughs> that night oh yeah oh yeah he won that night I, I didn't see that movie but yeah yeah right no, oh no he's he, he's a guy i think um uh, we've always wanted to give an oscar to just to kind of like there's there's that weird thing when uh young actresses there i say get oscars i uh, i see that mm-hmm. a lot more with young actresses i should say your anne hathaway's your jennifer lawrence's yeah it's like, okay, see, we have something coming up in the pipe. It's not just going to be Meryl Streep all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. then, uh, you know, I think it was a couple years, you know, I think Jennifer Lawrence took a few years off, essentially, and came back with uh, that uh, recent comedy. Um, yeah, it was like the most um, the most broad comedy I've seen her do in a while, I feel like. She did, she did kind of dramas for a while. I, I haven't seen it, but I just... judging. Oh, by the yeah, trailer. no, I... I think my favorite thing was she did promotion on uh, the um, Ringer podcast network on the rewatchable show. And they, the rewatchable movie there was Dumb and Dumber. So, mm. you know, it's basically, oh, well, you know, she's a student of the game, dare I say, which is gimmick infringement for my wrestling career. But I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah. So basically my 
my base uh gimmick was i'd come to the ring wearing my glasses and uh carrying the complete idiot's guide to professional wrestling as a prop and just trying mm. to act smarter than people um <laughs> which you know so i were you a heel yeah I, I i had better aspirations for the character but uh that was before i got into the uh getting a a decent trainer and it was just like oh we just need somebody the crowd stream nerd at it's like yeah, it's hard to imagine that character as a face. Uh, oh, well, it's... as I say, it was more of like, hey, can we do it organically? Or, oh, yeah, no, I'm definitely smarter than the promoter. So just leave <laughs> it be. All right. IMDB. I want to say about, uh, we were talking about Will Smith's career and um, overall. It's interesting how often he's played cops. Have you noticed that? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, you got Men in Black. You have... The entire Bad Boys trilogy. Mm-hmm. I think Wild West. I haven't revisited it, and I kind of want to. Um, it was the same director, I believe. Yes, uh, he very was some kind film. of bounty hunter or something in that. Um, I uh, Robot. He was a cop. A yeah, detective. yeah. I I guess with me, it kind of uh, I kind of fell off Will Smith after Wild Wild West. Um, uh-huh. I I guess it kind of speaks more towards the. Oh, and I should probably get that movie started in my peripheral so we can at least have a hard out. <laughs> um, oh, sure. Yeah, so there we go. No, I don't need the Reggie Valley. Okay. You're playing is, uh, Men in Black in the background? Yeah, precisely. Okay. So just something in my peripheral. Yeah, so sure. let's see that Jennifer Lawrence movie because I do want to see it now. But as I say, it was pretty much just because of that interview she did with like oh yeah no I, I can be funny I, I i appreciate things so well she started in comedy i believe like uh, i think her early your breakout role was the building ball show she was a teenage daughter on that oh, okay all right well i mean she is from louisville so yeah i could see that um well that's like saying Haley joe's oz so the movie was hard no hard feelings which doesn't make sense oh, for yeah basically um i don't know they were saying I watched the cinema cinema snob videos quite a bit, um, and it was a uh, private lessons. Private. Uh, it was a uh, basically it's it's a movie from the late eighties about a tutor being blackmailed by the uh, teacher from head of the class, or depending on your age, uh, the DJ from WKRP in Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> Uh, having a uh, blackmailing this uh, nanny for to nail a fourteen a fifteen year old kid or something like that really screwy. So when I when I heard see the premise for that, no hard feelings. It's kind of like that doesn't really make sense name wise about a movie where Jennifer Lawrence is going to whore herself out to Matthew Broderick's kid. Uh, but you they, lost me a little bit there. That that hmm. plot you described is that another movie called No Hard Feelings? Or? No, no, No Hard Feelings, the Jennifer Lawrence movie. Um, uh, the the movie that gives me oh, Private Lessons is the name of this old eighty nineteen eighty one movie, which I think okay. has a lot of influence on that. I mean, we're definitely making the characters in the 2016 uh no shoot 2023 movie everybody of age especially now we can't have uh old school uh scenarios with uh 
Luke Wilson accidentally nailing a senior in high school hmm. nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Again, my professional wrestling, like, dude, that's it's a weird industry, man. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, but it's, we, it's, we like there was kind of yeah, but there's there've been I I like I've gotten myself in some social media issues like. Um, defending a wrestler who was acute, who at least slept with a 16 year old mm. in a in a place where in Britain where 16 is the consensual age and it's just all an argument of like well that's still that's not still cool gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah still kind of yeah but oh gosh I could get myself totally blackballed in the industry if I went into everything I knew <laughs> it's bad optics to, to yeah jump to their but I'm just saying I'm just saying it's like yeah but we've done a you know 30 years of movies where oops did not know that age yeah yeah so and i have not watched um alan versus pharaoh but um you know i have uh just the you know before that documentary came out before me too i was just a very big fan of his his stuff so of whose stuff you're losing me a little bit are you looking down a list that i missed no, I was just uh no, just uh no, I was just stating that, you know, um that, you know, I I was a Woody Allen fan and I still haven't, you know, done enough research oh, yeah. done enough research to say if yeah, if that guy should be working or not. So Yeah, I I yeah. I was never a huge fan of his and I just haven't really gotten into it myself because it's just that's a tricky kind of Oh to, no! To with anytime a, a creator gets in trouble, it's like, well, you you throw throw out the baby with the bathwater. It's like, yeah, they they were shitheads and did something terrible, but maybe they also made some good art. Uh, it's it's rough. Oh uh, no! It, it's it's the classic film school teach. You know, okay, we're gonna have to watch the watch uh, clips from uh, the Triumph of Wills or whatever Lenny Riefenstahl movies hmm. from the. Uh, 1940 30s and 40s uh she was the top propagandist uh film uh director uh in in germany and she had an eye you know it's kind of like uh you know people like yes don't watch birth of a nation for its subject matter watch it for the direction (laughs) Yeah, as long as you put things in context, in the right context, you can kind of consume the, like even directly problematic things with mm-hmm. a critical eye and get something out of it, right? Right, exactly, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of podcasts recently where it's like, oh, I just can't watch Blazing Saddles. It's like, if you can't watch Blazing Saddles, <laughs> you don't understand what satire is. yeah. Yeah, that right. stuff is interesting. Uh, I, I, I think uh, there's that and even more recent example. Well, I don't think people have quite turned on yet, at least as uh, Tropic Thunder. Oh, no, they, they're, I, I, have, I have heard a podcast or two saying, oh, you could not. There's, there was no reason to have Robert Downey Jr. in blackface. It's like, yeah, no, there was no reason in practical terms, but that's the entire point. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're 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 making a point, and I don't want to relitigate that too much. It's definitely been discussed to death. Yeah, but uh, it's another example of that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, it, taking it at face value, it's it looks uh, messed up, but it, there, there really is more to it than that. There's a little more depth to it, right? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I stuff, stuff. Yeah, when I took my 
you know, uh, lit course, uh, second time I went through Juco. Um, so it was with my best friend and we're, uh, we got around to a modest proposal by Jonathan Swift, mm. which is yeah. a, yeah, set good. You, Satirical, yeah. uh, I think it was eating babies or something. Was that what yes. it was? Irish yeah. babies, Irish babies. Oh, Irish. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's yes. fine. Right. Well, no, I, I took that <laughs> stance as a very much English humor based guy. Uh, who has the three lions uh, English soccer logo on tattooed on me. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, Oh, me and my best friend were eating it up, you know, like, come on, this is too ridiculous to, and Oh, everybody else being offended. But uh, I was in Peoria, Illinois at the time. And there's a reason why that is the, one of the primary, the premier text test markets. It's like, yeah, that is definitely what America is. Oh, middle America. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So there, all right. So the, okay. Tried the Will Smith transition. I just better get to the movie. So Sometimes and, you just got to make a hard cut. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So, uh, well, talking about cops in this though it's like did tommy lee jones have to shoot mikey uh yeah i think so i don't know i mean we don't know if he was going to kill it could have been a hostage situation it sure looked that like could have been baron fangs <laughs> well you got his a hostage is easier to handle when they're scared shitless um <laughs> uh yeah. So, but yeah um honestly though it's like i have not really watched paid attention to this movie since i'd say 1997 mm-hmm. uh i would say especially around that time in cinema uh like it was always about like one blockbuster movie a summer essentially um and that's not necessarily true in 1997 because you had the lost world jurassic park which was yeah. a real letdown but you but we had men in black to look forward to you know ghostbusters <laughs> with aliens essentially and yeah, more or less and of course will smith is hot off i independence day how was he okay well that was a year prior was independence yeah day. I, don't, I don't have the best mind for timelines but that makes sense oh, yeah so um but i guess you know i would say like you go back it's like there was a drop off in the 80s i'd say after back to the future 1985 i can't think of the big movie of 86 or 87 who Framed Roger Rabbit in 88, Batman 89, uh, 90, I guess it was supposed to be Dick Tracy, uh, 91. Oh, uh, the, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> the Dick Tracy movie is very interesting. I, I I enjoy it a lot, but it's, it's it's it, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, and we don't have to get too into that because it's not oh, yeah. what we're kind of on today. But Right. Well, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just more stating that, like, I'd say... Uh, in the night, we from the in the nineties, we were really experimenting with the idea of having like a blockbuster every week type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, as I say, you had Jurassic World, and then I can't think of anything up until Men in Black. And oh, then yeah. ninety eight, you had it was supposed to be Godzilla ninety eight, which obviously fizzled out. And then ninety nine, it was Phantom Menace. Uh, so, and then I think, like, it, it's just an interesting view on cinema when you have a fall off like that. Like, uh, I can't think of the grand 2000 movie. I think most people would say Gladiator, but 
Um, yeah. You're, but, you're much more zoomed out than I was uh, kind of coming into this with. Uh, I definitely went kind of scene by scene in, in, in Men in Black itself. Okay. Was, no. Considering the, the content, which is fine. It's it's oh, certainly well, an interesting uh, subject, but I just. Uh, oh, yeah. No, no. That, well, no, that gives me a good place to go then. Um, so. So I can uh, I can uh, rewind a little bit and talk about the scene um, with Mikey and just before that I thought that was oh, well was... I just I was more joking around about I well <laughs> I guess I'm watching right now the uh, scene where um, Will Smith is chasing down the alien which I think mm. uh, American cephalopoid Ninja, yes uh, I think American Ninja Warrior and uh, just the rise of parkour kind of ruined <laughs> like. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I don't know. I did that also make a note like, Oh, what was the, uh, great, uh, better use of the Guggenheim museum? Uh, uh, some interesting architecture there. Yeah. I, I have not seen, I know that, that Clive Owen had a movie in it in the late night, uh, late two thousands, but, uh, otherwise the only one I could think of is Mr. Popper's penguins. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. Okay. So, um, but, yeah, I guess I'll just try to get back to where I was. So, um, like, as I say, I hadn't seen this movie or paid attention to this movie, I should say, uh, since I saw it in theaters in 97. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, it, my little brother was probably watching it all the time on VHS. I was 17 at the time. So, OK, yeah, maybe not so into the into the into this kind of stuff. I don't well, know. I wouldn't say that. I, I, I think it was kind of just a. I think after Godzilla 98, I kind of just gave up on the concept of blockbusters. And then mm. 99 was uh wild, wild West. So, <laughs> so at that age you were, you were getting more into like art house indie stuff or. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, trade spotting was my favorite movie. That was 96. Okay. Um, so great movie. Yes. Uh, so I think it was more or less just like, okay, I think I understand what's being made for the masses and what's being made for art i guess mm-hmm. i mean granted i saw phantom menace like every weekend i didn't have anything to do so yeah sure yeah i i feel like i can make an argument for like uh, some some decent uh art being being created here in the men in black series they certainly are kind of broad comedies blockbusters uh uh i, I won't deny that right uh but it's it's the whole trilogy is honestly like one of my favorites um you call it a guilty pleasure if you like but i, I just i really like these movies well rosaria um, i can attest uh from all the cons i've been to rosaria dawson definitely appreciates the love for two <laughs> yeah so she she's she's big in the genre stuff in general i mean she's yes uh yeah. i mean asoko i mean yeah and she was in uh marvel stuff a little bit and all that yeah um, oh yeah she was great in uh daredevil and luke cage mm-hmm but um, no, I wanted to just, sorry, you're winding back to that first scene. A yeah. But there was something I, I noticed, and at least in this watch, and I think maybe before, was um, there's kind of this this ethos that pops up here and there throughout the throughout the movie, which is, uh, it starts off with a bus full of immigrants coming into like Texas or something. Yeah. Know, coming from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get stopped by INS and they're, they're shaking them down and they pull them out of the van. And then, then Kay and his partner D show up. And Kate doesn't give a shit about the, the the immigrants. They're like he's talking to them in Spanish, just chit chatting, trying to find oh, the that's... guy they're really looking for. Uh, uh, but uh, he, he doesn't uh, yeah. care about that. He's he, he's indifferent to like the everyday people, and he's looking for the actual threat. Right. And I actually that's just going to make a note. That's like the first time we get crazy. The only time in the movie we really get crazy Tommy Lee Jones. If you go back to uh, uh, 
Under Siege, which was pretty evenly paced. And then, of course, his last big movie people knew about would probably have been Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Where he is, yeah, just totally off the this. wall. Right. So, yeah, but the Spanish, like, when he's just broken down that Mikey uh, doesn't speak the language. <laughs> more more the, joyful delivery, even though it's yes. kind of, it's, it's, it's a, a facade, but he's still, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And you get a little more lighthearted uh, telling Jones later in the movie when he's like singing along to Elvis. Oh, yeah, that's it. It's about the other one. Yeah. But yeah. as I say, still kind of deadpan. You just don't expect the character to do, you know, to break out. So, yeah. and I think that's the best time really Jones. I don't think he's great over the top unless you really have it uh really have it like restricted like under siege which i did a podcast on um he's very much like okay yeah he's gotta stop and be serious and then of course you go to batman forever i mean of course between there between under siege and batman forever he won the oscar uh, for the fugitive where he's very much just straightforward cold but reasonable yeah no he's he's a fantastic deadpan kind of straight yeah. man for sure mm-hmm. like uh, i could see i could see an oscar for no country for own men oh grown uh old men honestly i mm-hmm. think he was nominated just he was great in that yeah yeah i'm well yeah. no i don't think he was nominated because harvey abradam was the supporting actor so oh yeah that was a loaded, loaded cast well not too loaded but enough uh kind of well, I mean, uh, no country, to... no. If it wasn't for No Country for Old Men, you wouldn't get Men in Black three. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Josh Brolin, man, he's he's one. He's definitely like a big part of why I like Men in Black three, and he's one of my favorite actors these days. Uh, he's delivered some great work. I actually just watched um, Deadpool two last night. I don't know. When, oh, that's, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we did a Deadpool podcast. Like I had to adjust. Like, well, I don't have to. This is the first time I have so video. I don't have to turn on the filters like i have deadpool shooting a teddy with a gun up against a teddy bear as a background um okay. but uh no so i did the deadpool and deadpool too i like i don't know um yeah josh brolin is i think he should have hot take should have won the oscar for milk instead of heath ledger for the dark knight but mm. yeah hard to hard to change that because i mean uh, i don't know not that you can't change it it's 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 hard for the academy to ignore the you know what heath ledger's performance and his death oh it, yeah no and the heath ledger was awesome i'm not questioning that i'm not a dark knight fan i think it's just way too bloated when did christopher nolan think he needed three hours for, well two and a half yeah. hours for anything like memento the following solid um, yeah my favorites uh i mean i'm an inception guy but uh otherwise it's like dude you're getting a little too pretentious for my my own good you might hate me, but I still have yet to see Inception. I'm not a huge Nolan oh, guy no. to begin with. Yeah. No, no. I don't hey, you're not like I've not seen Interstellar. I have Dunkirk, but again. Uh, I have Dunkirk in my library, have not watched it, but that was primarily because uh, Quentin Tarantino went on the rewatchable show hmm. to talk about that movie. So I saw that in the theater. I think I saw like the big, I don't know if it was IMAX or wasn't it like an even bigger format than IMAX that they did? I don't think he's gone bigger than IMAX, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was set up for 4D, especially back then. Um, no, I've, I've never yeah. sat in a 4D chair. I think so. it was just IMAX. But yeah, I went right. to a showing of Dunkirk in, in, in IMAX and I, got, I even got like a little film cell from that as like a 
uh, just a promotional thing they were doing. Oh yeah, uh, and it was it was fine. I wasn't crazy about Dunkirk. I liked Interstellar a lot because I like that more kind of heady sci-fi stuff. Okay. Um, and Memento is great. I just never have taken the time to get into uh, uh oh. to Inception. Oh no, the first uh, like I had a friend so that went to a like the party school of state universities and every weekend though you'd come back because he's such a tight ass apostolic christian and like oh we're gonna go see a movie i guess uh i never went to a university i strict i got two associate's degrees a web designer certificate if we were actually in a vietnam type situation i suppose they could have given me a uh like my dad a um multi-science bachelor's degree mm, i guess i'm only 12 hours shy of that oh. um, so basically my dad was not really doing a lot to and he, he ended up doing great things but <laughs> he didn't do enough his first uh when he was at michigan state to um warrant uh yeah we're gonna keep your name out of the draft mm. so instead oh, yeah so instead and my dad smartly en- enlisted so he got to pretty much pick his way I didn't didn't have to serve. I mean, didn't have to go overseas. I mean, late seventies, he early seventies, he probably wouldn't have to do it anyhow. But, uh, you know, again, showing my age, it's like plenty. Like, I had a weird driver's ed teacher who would basically go off on rants about his life story after he taught all the lessons. Very quick, very brief. So some people, when they get an audience, they can't help themselves. Right. Oh. <laughs> I'm a podcast audience, yeah. a podcaster, yeah. professional wrestler. So yeah, I get that. Um, but like, we got a lot of catching up to do. I mean, I'm at the point where Jeebs just got his head blown off, which is a brilliant, brilliant scene. Just because if you watch closely, his uh, um, lazy eye switches like mm-hmm. the way the, it's kind of moving between him. Uh, J and K uh, is great. Yeah, uh, that, and the, I mean the visual like i will say this visual effects are great still hold, they hold up. up really yeah. well so one person to credit on that and there's a whole team obviously but rick baker is oh, okay the, well the main that's guys. yeah you had rick, yeah. rick baker and stan winston okay, at, I don't, at uh, that point uh stan winston's probably going to be best known for the effects on uh american werewolf in london well rick baker worked on that too uh i know no. i know the name Shoot, i don't know stan winston terminator i can definitely say he's the guy who did all the uh T eight hundred effects. Both worked on both. I don't. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it could be. Uh, could be. I'll just go in. Did Stan Winston work on this? I think it might have just been. I mean, Stan Winston did a lot. Was like, okay, I know Stan Winston was involved in a thriller video. Mm. So I think he's um, worked with Rick Baker because Rick Baker was on that too. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I don't think he was on this. I'm not seeing him anyway in the credits. Terminator thing. Okay, so Stan Winston, Terminator series, Aliens, The Thing, Predator. I don't know why we're talking about Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Did you work on that? Yes. I had some, I had some, I mean, the gadgets, I'm sure. Well, uh, yeah, but that's and such. Eh, let's see, 82, heart, <laughs> just going through him. So in 82, he had heart beeps, which my older sister, the poetic critic, she's been a guest a lot of times, is like. Uh-huh. Very big on uh, Andy Kaufman, so Mr. Roboto. No, I think you might be right. It might have just been Rick Baker who created the entire makeup uh, genre. 
So I think Stan. Well, so there's Stan, a lot of I think people Stan, yeah, in that think, industry. But I mean, right. this movie specifically is Rick Baker is kind of the oh. main guy. I think at least doing the alien makeups. I don't know about the 3D effects, well, uh, no, which also well, hold up pretty well. But oh yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. I mean, this is there's not a lot really when you stop and look at it. Um, and there's not a, there's no characters really dependent on CG. Like the Except for the bug at the end, I think that at, was probably, at, well, yes. Well, they might have done some 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 uh, animatronics. I don't know. Uh, I I don't think so. It looks it looks like very well done three D to me, but yeah, no CG, right? Um, yeah, CG. Yeah. So okay, and no, uh, getting back to it, getting back on track. Uh, no, Mikey, <laughs> Mikey, like honestly, Mikey is like the first because. Going back to my time stuff, like 93, you had Jurassic Park, which I've really started hating on just because it's the movie that nobody actually paid attention to because of uh, Ian Malcolm's speech. You know, just you guys were so concerned about seeing if you could do it. You didn't think about the fact if you should. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to special effects now, especially in the age of computer generated images, it's like. And if, I mean, I know there's a lot of backlash towards the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but a lot of, but there there's a lot of people who just like, I, I mean, I've just seen enough movies today, like Ghost, I did a podcast, which ended up involving Ghost Rider 2007, mm-hmm. which is basically the message that with, yes, computer generated images can do anything, but just because you have the power doesn't mean you should use the power. My, my knowledge of history is probably a little spotty but i think there was a period in the 2000s where uh where you know cg and digital video were kind of coming into into play and people were using them more because they were cheaper than film yes. and practical effects but the the quality of movies kind of took a hit uh around that time oh yeah no it's it's almost ridiculous now that you have credit sequences credits that run about 10 minutes and it's like but this stuff is supposed to be cheaper now. <laughs> like yeah. how much, how much of these people you're giving credit to are actually making. <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah, that's coming to a head with um, specifically around Marvel and how, how they treat their effects houses. Um, that's, I, I hope that works out. Okay. Uh, I probably honestly will still, still see some Marvel movies, but I don't know, maybe not. Well, uh, I'm going to, so I had not watched a Marvel movie since, um, uh, well, I guess you could technically say because of the uh, end credit sequence, uh, Venom, there will be carnage. <laughs> I would not count it. And uh, did a podcast on that one. Um, but I would say um, yeah, definitely, Sony. definitely, wow. definitely, well, the closest thing would have been uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay. And I wasn't really impressed, but I'm not a big Jake Gyllenhaal guy. Uh, Maggie, I'll watch all day, but okay. Jake, not so much. Like, I thought uh, he was good in that one. I didn't. I think it was a kind of like he was... No, I think it was very much anybody could have played that role. Um, yeah. Like, I think Ryan Gosling <laughs> could have probably... Well, I think Ryan Gosling could have probably even been a little heavier in it. Give it a little more gravitas. Um, but I didn't really didn't really care for far uh far from home and then uh and then when i hear people talk about no way home and it's everything's reset that sony could do their own spider-man series and it's like yeah i don't want that 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're doing uh, that great. Mo- Morbius was was a uh, dumpster fire, and, and oh, it doesn't look much better. Uh, yeah. Well, I uh, I'm a fan of um, the actor Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think it is. Oh, I like him. Uh, yeah. Just, well, and, and I, I don't mean to talk too much. Oh no, but because it it's not out yet. But it's just I, I had a, I hated Morbius, and I'm looking at Craven trailers, and I'm like, mm, this doesn't look that different. Well. <laughs> I mean, and I I liked Venom, but that's solely because of Tom Hardy just oh yeah going well, for it. I mean, yeah, the first Venom was a lot of fun for, yeah. for that reason. Oh, yeah. but I'm just not a good movie, but a lot of fun, I would say. And sometimes uh, that's all you need, you know. No, that's true. No, that's that that is primarily the problem with cinema today. Is like if it's just fun, um, sometimes you just need a good time at the movies. But talking about Marvel, and I got my mm-hmm. notes up, thankfully. Uh, Oh, bit of uh, trivia. This uh, Men in Black was a Marvel comic. That's where I was going with that. Yeah. It's kind of like, so is Sony going to incorporate? This could save the franchise if Sony would just <laughs> incorporate Spider Mar- Men in Black into the Spider Verse. Yeah, do they send Agent J after after Venom or the symbiotes? Because they are well, aliens. <laughs> true, but you also have, um, and I have not seen it. I mean, that would be silly. Uh, Men in Black International. You still got. Uh, I care for that one. Well, I and I haven't heard anything spectacular about it. I think critics were okay on it. But... I'd like to revisit it. I think I just saw it once in the theaters, but I, I I'm loving the trilogy. I went and saw that, and I was like, mm, not quite the same. Yeah, didn't quite hit, hit the same. Well, as they say, uh, by the time, and that's the biggest problem I think with the franchise is that, um, and you can say it's just how the industry works. Like, oh, if Will Smith's not available, we can't do sequels right away and it's yeah. like uh when you go back to bat uh to the ghostbusters franchise yeah like after the money ghostbusters made it's like okay mm-hmm. what do we need to do to get bill murray back right and ghostbusters like, 2 the search for more money <laughs> well i know but i'm just i'm just saying it's like well they they really missed the ball it's kind of like i mean nobody and i definitely say back in 97 it's kind of like well no i will no i will not excuse this <laughs> men in black was going to be the hit i think okay. i think that it was i mean it ended up being what everybody predicted it to be um yes wild wild west kind of shot the idea that oh will smith will smith being will smith is going to sell itself um and then will why wisely went and started doing i mean you had ali and a lot of more dramatic works uh i know you have irobot in there but it's like again going back fell flat a little bit with uh well i mean i've heard great things about irobot and i loved uh the crow in dark city uh from that director alex proxius um yeah i like irobot and i don't want to be clear but it wasn't received very well no, it wasn't initially. I think it's a. I think uh, critics came around on it, but uh, yeah. yeah, but it wasn't. But I think when you do after Men in Black and Independence Day, people were looking for Will Smith to be Will Smith, at least in a blockbuster standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ali, no, you don't want Will Smith to be Will Smith when he's playing the greatest boxer ever. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, Muhammad I could, Ali. I could be a little twat and say, well, Rocky, where's the Rocky Marciano movie? But I dig, as I said, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be a little twat on that one. Um, so most influential boxer ever. 
definitely Muhammad Ali. So, um, and then like, and then he kind of totally abandoned the Will Smith being Will Smith. I know there was a lot of backlash on bad boys too, but, um, but then like, I, I didn't have any desire to see I am legend. Um, because again, I just knew the source material so well, last man on earth, Omega man. Mm. Uh, again, and by that point, I'd been in my mid twenties, so it's like I was always already giving up on blockbuster cinema. Which that's you know, definitely a lesson you kind of you you learn at some point as as a media obsessive nerd uh, is is you can't adaptations you gotta accept that they're going to be different because it's a new it's a new work really. It well, no, and some book or comic, but it's it's going to be changed. And I don't, I, I'm not, I don't mean to say that I am legend will change for the better necessarily, but it, it is something that happens. Uh, I, well, I think what I think the again, just coming from my standpoint, it's more like um, I, I'd say like the last remake I really saw was the Suspiria remake. OK, um, I can't remember the Italian director's name. I know he directed Call Me By Your Name. Um, but Suspiria, like I got. As things were going more like blockbuster heavy, uh, I was more like I was IFC was still IFC at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing watching documentaries about Dario Argento and his horror stuff. So us, uh, but so I got into Giallo, a lot of Italian horror directors. And but Suspirio definitely was not a blockbuster i mean it's an italian horror movie <laughs> uh from yeah, 1970 right i'm not right. Terribly familiar but yeah right so i'm just saying me going to an art house cinema to watch the suspiria remake and i would say more closer to a reimagining was you know has nothing to, again that's that's the closest thing i have to remake stuff Hmm. I, well, I guess I did say Char- I did see Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, which I have <laughs> that was, to. That was a weird kind of. Yeah, you know. I mean that's it's just very weird that so many generations, as they say, I'm Gen X, and and so obviously I'm like that was made during my generation. Um, so obviously that was a big movie for me, but so many generations have really attached themselves to the 1971 Willy Wonka. Mm-hmm. which i did a podcast on it's <laughs> just got to keep okay. dropping that sure um so links in the description i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> right so yeah it's um I, I i need to rewatch it i i just don't know i think johnny depp after i would say after um pirates of the caribbean like he was a very sophisticated character actor up until then and then everybody's just expecting Johnny Depp to be something weird and it's like uh which definitely plays into the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland mm. Dark Shadows. Uh that was something though I guess going back transitioning to my notes um like watching the opening sequence of this now as a as somebody you know gosh this movie is now 24 years old if i'm correct oh uh, 20 min, 20, min 20 yeah 26 actually yeah um yeah, 26 like yeah. the opening like i'd start this movie and it's like okay i know this is barry soddenfeld 
Mm-hmm. This definitely feels like Tim Burton, though, especially with the Danny Elfman soundtrack. Yeah, Danny Elfman is kind of a, a dot to connect there for sure. Yeah. So they. Uh, so yeah, that's. Uh, that's I would something... say it doesn't quite have the visual style of uh, of Tim Burton. Though. Well, it was, not, it was not so cartoonish, right? Well, you say that, and it's like not so cartoonish, but definitely not very authentic because that's probably the worst CG in the movie. The dragonfly. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's the it's probably the age the 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 least well. How do you say that? <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's it's, it's uh, the well. And we're thinking nineteen ninety seven again. It's like I think this was the year of Alien Resurrection, and I'm I'm a big fan of that. But I'm just a fan of uh, uh, Jean Jean. Ah, oh, shit. Um, the director he directed Amelie. Like, uh, um, it's not coming to mind. Jean Jean Pierre Caro okay um like he was a he did a great movie called delicatessen then he like oh strong uh strong foreign director we can probably manipulate do a joss whedon script (laughs) let's give him alien resurrection and uh yeah and then honestly i saw that movie first city of lost children but then um my uh, best friend at the time like showed me city of lost children and i'm watching this like this is the same guy who did Alien Resurrection. I can just tell from it. And the big thing was Ron Perlman is like every foreign director's best friend. Hmm. Interesting. So, well, I mean, I know his buddies with GDT for Hellboy. Like they, they go along. Oh well, well yeah. But if you go all the way back to uh, Chronos uh, from Guillermo del Toro's debut feature, mm-hmm. he has uh, Ron Perlman in it, and like. I, I was at a panel fan expo, I think last year, 2022. Teesh. Mm-hmm. This pandemic really screws up your timeline. Yeah. Kind of melted it all together. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about working for uh, GDT back at his first movie. And it's like, they, uh, Guillermo basically knew you can't do a Spanish accent. And you can't speak the language fluidly. So mm. I will figure a way to make it work. <laughs> Which they do. <laughs> Kronos is excellent. And they basically it. Oh, definitely worth a watch. Um but it's it, and I think it's a little more whimsical. This is more the GDT I appreciate. Um, but then you go to um, as I say, Jean Pierre Caro and Junet, Junet, sorry, he had a he had a directing partner for a while. Uh, Jean Pierre Junet and Caro was his uh, a partner, but City of Lost Children is a movie that is a French language movie, but Ron Perlman plays a kind of simple strongman <laughs> mm-hmm. in this movie, and it's kind of like they limit the dialogue for for him, but again, it's like the presence of Ron Perlman, we must have it type thing mm-hmm. and, it, and it shows up in uh, alien resurrection i don't know if you've seen alien resurrection but... i don't think i've seen that one uh i, I i'm not huge in the alien franchise it's a little uh, i mean it was a little young for it when it first came out i, I enjoyed the more recent ones uh to some degree prometheus oh, has its issues but it still has some good prometheus stuff yeah no Pro- yeah. yeah no i'm the, uh, I'm... the alien... sequel i like too alien covenant was great it's just like I just didn't like the course correction. Like I really wanted to, as being an alien guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to see the, the development of it. So it's a messy franchise, uh, but there's oh, some gosh. interesting stuff in there. 
Yeah. And certainly the effects are great. Yes. All right. So, okay. So I'm, let's see. Circling back to effects in Men in Black. Uh, yeah. You're saying so, even like the, the Dragonfly. And it's, it's, I would agree that it's the worst thing, but I would not fixate on that as oh. like, as an example of the effects in, in Men in Black for sure. Oh, no, no, no. And God, God's no, I've seen a lot worse. Uh, oh, yeah. So, um, but thinking about the cop elements, it's kind of like, again, this is more, and I've just recently listened to a podcast, uh, Unspooled. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Shear, the comedian, is one of the hosts on it. Yeah. And Paul they Shear. were, yeah, they were doing Hot Fuzz. Actually, I just rewatched that last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Um, so, but they were going on about how weird it was for Britain because Brit Britain uh, doesn't make a lot of cop movies. Yeah, it, it's, it's all it's, it's all about it's, the it's a buddy cop movie by way of uh, of, of Britain, right? It's, right. It's, but the what I was getting at is that the fact that uh, Britain is more focused on detectives, mm-hmm. not Sherlock not Holmes. the right, not the beat, not the beat cop guys, right? While you know you have this scene where. Uh, Will Smith is chasing the cephaloid and it's like, oh, I am NYPD. Knock your punk, punk ass down. You're right. Yeah. Uh, thank you for saying it, nailing it right because I was trying to write it in my notes. Like, no, no, that's NYPDA. Oh, there's a hyphen. Punk ass, yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I remember that line well because I, I actually watched it twice before we got on here just because I had the time and I yeah. like the movie. Uh, just to connect as many dots as possible. I mean, Hot Fuzz is, is, is blatantly kind of inspired by bad boys too and, and point break and those kind of cop oh movies. yeah yeah no that was again like the entire point of the farce which kind of brings me back to a note i had my next note about barry son failed is like um he does seem to really favor farce farcical stuff mm-hmm. i think his most non-farcical thing is probably get shorty which is yeah i loved but yeah, it's uh, um, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, well, did, like the Adams Family movies. Yeah, the, the uh, I mean, right. Yeah. Adams Family, the first one is definitely flawed. The second one, he nails it. I need to check uh, out Good Shorty. I'm sorry, I was just saving that off to, to get into oh, later. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I got my PC like very sudden felt. Yeah, so he did Adam's Family, uh, the the Ben and Black trilogy, Wild Wild West, right? The Tick which, series. Yeah, well, the Tick was the primary one I was looking at. Then you had the, and then of course he has a lot of misses. RV with Robin Williams and I've heard good things about Pushing Daisies. I think he just directed oh, a couple yeah. of episodes of these series. Oh like, yeah, the Tick might have just been the pilot or something. Um, um I think he like maybe he had. Come on, IMDb work. Oh, that's right. He did um apparently ten episodes of the series of unfortunate events, the Netflix yeah. series. Oh yeah, which is yeah something I've been meaning to get to, and I gotta talk to the poetic critic about just because she's um big Jer- Jim Carrey guy. So it'd be interesting to get her opinion upon the original series of unfortunate events movie. Oh, he did the Beverly Hills Cop TV movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, and yeah, uh, pushing daisies, yeah. Uh, it's it's just very, just kind of weird that it, like I think this was his first. Yeah, well, no, the Adams family was. So I mean, he's a great farce director. So it's kind of a. Again, I'm not 
I've not seen Men in Black 2 from beginning to end, and I haven't seen 3, so I'm not a... Uh, I guess I was... This, again, goes back to me saying that the uh, they really... Um, I know how it is. Like, is Will Smith available? No? Well, then we're not making a movie in two th- till a sequel till 2002. And it's like... Um, and it goes back to how Hollywood worked. It's like basically like, well, we don't know if Men in Black is going to be a success, so we can't plan a franchise around it. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they, there's a little bit of sequel bait at the end where Kay retires and uh, L kind of gets hired on. And oh, yeah. Kind of no, abandon that in two. Right. I was about to say, just like we should have another movie uh, three years later at best with uh, L. Give her a decent. Linda Forentino. Oh yeah, Linda Fiorentino. I mean, I I watched this movie before. I obviously saw the last seduction. It's like, oh gosh, give her justice. She yeah, she's an inter- interesting presence in in that era of cinema because she quit acting a few years later after this. It was this I, and, and Dogma and some other stuff, and then she didn't yeah, really do much. I didn't know she. Well, I think she might still be working, but yeah, definitely. I mean. Last Seduction, I had a lot of fun with just because my family, my dad's family is from Buffalo, and that's where our con artist escapes to from New York City. Um, even, like, so obsessed though, with the concept of the big city, her name is actually an acronym for New York City. Not, mm. not, an, not an acronym. What is it when you mix the letters up? Anagram? Thank you. Yeah, I knew it was an A word. Um yeah, no. Last Seduction was uh, really solid. Uh, as I say, I'm not had... familiar with that one at all. Oh, that was that was one of those cra- classic Oscar uh, screws screw ups. It's like, well, the movie got snubbed. Re- oh, well, the movie got released to Showtime first. Okay. So they said, nope. It's, it's kind of like Hoop Dreams being a PBS documentary. Yeah, all the technicality. I mean, the awards stuff in general is kind of it's kind of bullshit but also you do like to see the stuff you like get validated yes it's uh (laughs) well it goes back to the ringer rewatchables podcast like they basically say because i recently like my most recent episode with the guest uh was about sam elliott movies officially it really just became our excuse to talk about tombstone by the end Um, you have to check out and do a double feature with uh, wyatt earp right Oh, no, what we did was called the marathon. It was basically like, okay, we're going to pick my guest, Andrew TD, uh, at Couchman Bakes. Great, uh, great TikTok presence. Not watch his stand-up set. Hmm. And uh, he's local. I've only ran into him, though, as I'm checking him out at the liquor store I work at. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, no, we did a... uh... Shoot, so talking about um sam elliott teams yes you're right no i lost track shit sorry i I definitely kind of tried to break off and do another tangent from that oh no so let's go on your tangent though because it sounds like you had a better idea well no no because i my tangent was uh i I, that's another one i've been meaning to see um as tombstone i I know it has some relationship with uh wyatt earp right it's like the same no it's it's so they there were there were two movies pretty much being made at the same time the sophisticated wyatt earp biopic with kevin costner and the western that uh kevin uh ken uh shoot sorry kurt russell 
Uh, I got plenty of Ken Russell movies to uh, suggest. Uh, Kurt Russell? Yeah, he's got, Kurt, got a good, good well, career. Yeah, Ken, well, no, I, I screwed up first by saying Ken Russell, and it's like Ken Russell, director of Tommy, Altered States, uh, really loved this weird S- Scottish-themed movie called The Lair of the White Worm with uh, early Hugh Grant. We're talking 88 and uh, Peter Capaldi. Um, the I think he was the twelfth Doctor. My older sister would probably be angry that yeah, I yeah, he had was. To think about uh, it. Yeah, it's Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi. Yeah, so uh, right. So I don't know. You still have your tangent though. As <laughs> I'll say, okay, wider. Uh, well, we can we can. I forget how we got there. Yeah, um, so we can circle back to the movie itself. Okay, it was by way of Linda Florentino. Okay, I was just saying it's interesting that she was like. And a couple of big-ish movies around this time and then kind of quit shortly after. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Dogma, Dogma was sadly a bomb. It's Kevin Smith's best movie, I think. Um, uh, but yeah, it certainly had some some controversy. Oh, well, I'm I'm more of a Tracy, uh, sorry, Chasing, Chasing Amy. Amy. Yeah. That's not I'm a good more... one. I mean, that era is, is, is yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, no, last seduction, it was, basically I was looking at Fantino's we can we can maybe circle back to um to to Men in Black and you I mean it seems like you want kind of wanted to go uh, scene by scene a little bit uh, or uh, well I do my around? I do my I do my oh she was an after hours damn I really need to that's a Scorsese movie um which a lot of people hold in really high regard so uh yeah last movie she worked on was Once More with Feeling um. Yeah, two thousand nine. Yeah, made for video. Damn, I did not show you know that. And no, she only has like thirty credits on IMDb. Well, but I'm just looking at it. It's like okay, she had two credits in two thousand, three credits in two thousand, uh, two thousand two, and then yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I thought, but yeah. So going, all right. Notes. So, I mean, you talked I really, about you talked about the the intro sequence, uh, following it, the dragonfly and into the and, into the immigrant van. Yep. Um, I don't know if there's any more to say about that. Yeah, we um, got got to the entire chase sequence. <laughs> really, I haven't gotten very far into this. Yeah, yeah, the chase sequence with um with Will Smith kind of introducing his character and chasing down the cephalopoid. Oh, I think uh, I was more I was more offended about how he was carrying his piece. Oh yeah, yeah, it was very yeah. yeah the time. Like he he I I mean I've read a a part of my eventual uh a good little nugget to lead to my eventual uh atheistic uh concept uh beliefs what came mm-hmm. from a uh, book called sock by pendulette okay uh, again something our best friend made me uh read and i got mm-hmm. her an autograph coffee copy so um but it's basically the concept oh the voice in your head it god is not the voice in your head type idea mm-hmm. the, but uh there's a bit where like they're planning to capture the antagonist who's murdering people just because he at the moment they think they might have the concept of faith uh basically like oh you're an atheist well what about this what about this oh you're starting to believe i'm going to kill you so you can go and meet god um, it's a it's a comedic book though. Like every paragraph. So is it fiction? I'm not yeah, familiar. It's, it's Benjolet, but it's a okay. It's, it's a novel. fiction. It's called Sock. 
a detective okay. story told from the standpoint of the detective sock monkey. <laughs> okay. But they there's a bit where like the hero's best friend is trying is wait trying to stake out when they finally have a meeting with the uh antagonist. He's trying to figure out how to put the gun in his uh pants. Okay. Uh needless to say he ends up blowing the back of his heel out. Because mm-hmm. oh, I'll stick it right in the back. So Yeah, see, did, he, did Will Smith and in, in, uh well the character Jay did yeah. he have it down the front or the back? I can't remember. He had it down the front, but it's tied up on his hoodie. <laughs> like, yeah. Was it that, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh geez. Very so that, very baggy kind of style of the time. Right. Yeah. You no, know, you're going to blow a foot off, if not your dick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a safety, but maybe that gets jostled. I don't know. I'm not, well, I'm not a big gun guy. <laughs> no, no. Oh, from Texas, not a big gun guy. Sorry, sorry. Couldn't help the stereotype joke. You, you, sorry, racist. couldn't help it. <laughs> no i'm just not uh i'm, I'm from yeah. i'm from metropolitan suburban texas i'm not uh there's definitely a, 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 a gradient here uh, oh, my no. dad's i mean in the guns but anyway well no like my, my big issue with texas is just such a large state that it's kind of like well, that's what i mean it's like it's anybody it's, not yeah. in houston san antonio austin or dallas I mean, most of our are of the United States aren't really homogenous, unless maybe like Rhode Island, which is tiny, right? No, no. Um, I mean, no. If you're not living on top of each other, you, yeah, you don't have to worry about each other. So, like, there's a yeah, there's a cultural gradient in in any any uh, any state between like the cities, yeah, uh, more compact cities, the suburbs, and the rural areas, and that kind right. of right, yeah, patterns no. that emerge in, in any of them, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so it's like, yeah, you go over a flyover state. Yeah, everybody's got guns, but they don't have to, you know, they don't have a legitimate reason to have that. Well, nobody has, uh, I could go and... and home defense that. is always the fallback. Yeah, we're yeah. <laughs> getting enough I'm just saying, it's like somebody living 20 miles out of my, uh, my um, metropolitan area, it's like, you don't need a gun because nobody's going to rob your ass. <laughs> Yeah. You're 20 miles away, and yeah. yet, and yet you have all the signs basically saying, you know, gun-free zones aren't crime scene zones along their cornfields on interstates. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, but you were saying Will Smith uh, looks kind of silly with the gun down his front of his pants. In this yeah, well, yeah. So just again, trying to make cops look cool. Yeah. Again, that's, yeah, that's yeah, he's always he's always a cool cop. <laughs> he's right. never like a yeah. Oh, and as they say, like, it's an American concept uh, because the Brits focus on solving crimes, not celebrating, you know, the beat cop who Mm -hmm. comes across, you know, eventually usually goes vigilante. And then again, it's like, yes, uh, we need more support for that idea. Yeah, there's certainly an American kind of ethos of of the of the violence. Yes, uh, some vigilante ish beat cop, right? Right. It's uh, yeah. I, there's not really too much of that in this. Uh, no, uh, no. I'm just saying you get it yeah. at the beginning. I mean, the moment you know you find out with the men in the black, and it's basically like uh, Will Smith asks, you know, oh Jay asks, uh, so what? What? Who do we report to? And Nobody. Guess, what are you with FBI, NSA? Yeah. Yeah, we're no. an agency that monitors aliens on Earth, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah." Well, you know, you well, no, but it was like after he's gone in and gotten recruited, he basically says, "Like, 
So who do we report to? We don't report to any government. You know that takes too long. <laughs> it's well, yeah. So there's 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 an aspect of that that uh, and and before that, even when he's auditioning with all the the soldiers and stuff, um, they uh, uh they take a jab at like you're you're all we come to expect from years of government training. Yes, as uh, 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 he has that line, um, or Zed, yeah, yeah, uh, right, and then. Uh, yeah, why are we here? And then the Marine pops. What army guy, <laughs> I suppose. I, sh- I don't know. know the uniform, but one of those. Right. What, what West Point top, with honors. Like, we're here because we're the best of the best. Like, not asking questions type thing. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that scene is one of my favorite scenes in any movie. Oh, I... Just because it, it so drives the point of, like, uh, of, you know, him not making such assumptions and kind of uh, adapting to what's what's real because uh, there's that point about we're you know we're here because we're the best of the best of the best sir and he's like uh, captain america here he's really yeah. excited but he has no idea why we're here so there's mm-hmm. that and then shortly after there are these like awkward egg chairs and they're like trying to take the tests on that's the right i i thought that to be brilliant this rewatch and he just like why are you yeah. guys wasting your time and just the screeching kind of dragging the table right. across the room like making like do making the, the the practical choice of getting that table so we can take the test even though it disturbs kind of the piece a little bit right it's, yeah i think it's a very core kind of scene in the movie and and, and then followed up by the entire just the shooting range where everybody's wasting aliens and it's like <laughs> jay is taking the time to consider like not not the entire like why are we doing this why are we doing this mm-hmm. it's it's trying to make the same point that one's a little more tenuous to me because like yeah you could say that he's you know, having a workout or whatever but he is like they're like bearing fangs and charging like those, those cutouts so yeah. it's, it's <laughs> well, sorry, but, but i think he makes works. yeah but I, I think he makes the right decision shooting little tiffany yeah because it's like, way too advanced right well but that's the only thing out of place right sure i guess so that one i, mean, I don't like as much it's really the the, the t- the scene with the chairs and the table that I oh no it's it's like yeah make you know be be sensical not be a soldier is the message there it's like think for yourself um so I I got a note basically saying oh I think the problem the biggest problem and again it's because they didn't know if they were going to make a sequel honestly it's like oh if this bombs we're you know, up uh, you know, you can't invest in making a sequel. Like, yes, we have the hint at the end that uh Linda Fiorentina, well, I mean, obviously she is a person in black by that point. Uh doesn't sound as cool, the PIB. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, they don't ever really get it. Well, uh I think I want to say they make a dig at that in in the third one, maybe, but anyway. I know this I know well, I know the second one, like as I say, I have not watched it. It's kind of like you know, we have to justify why L isn't there. And it's like, oh, she liked the dead people way more than real people. <laughs> so it's just the briefly yeah, briefly mentioned. So in the in the sequel. Um and Patrick Ward Burton pro- if it wasn't for the tick, probably wouldn't have been in the sequel. But uh yeah. no, it was it, all about the sequel was all about getting him J and K back together. Yeah. Uh, so uh, because it's it, it works. It's a great combo. Uh, yeah, very good chemistry. Oh yeah, as no, as the chemi- the chemistry is great. It's just something like when you set it up at the end, where it's basically like, okay, we're not 
don't expect the K for K to be back. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, well, what are you trying to sell us on? Uh, I mean, Linda Ferentino probably could have been this straight person, but and again, they had they had some chemistry, but it was like this weird sexual tension that wouldn't that doesn't work as a as a buddy cop duo. Oh well, no, but I mean, the I think a clever enough script you could have worked around it. It's just basically again, it's like a sequel should have been made three years later at best, not five years. I don't like, think that's too long of a period. Uh, well, I, it's just uh, well, if you did it three years later, then it's the well here it, i guess here it goes it's like why did we do wild wild west when you have <laughs> will question. smith when you have will smith and you have the same director mm-hmm. i see what like, you're saying yeah no no you should have just done men in black 2 uh you didn't need tommy lee jones necessarily <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i don't know if i can yeah. just say like yeah. that, was a, that was a pretty quick turn that was two years later so that was like the next thing that they worked on right it's um, like yeah no i get not having a sequel and then i mean yes different studios warner brothers did uh wild wild west i believe yeah sony did this he might have already been signed to do wild wild west by the time they yeah but, but it's like just before, one of those, like Blue you Black got the released. true but you got the director and the same actor lined up like that's yeah more i just of, that's more know. of like a the director like you may have had Will Smith sign for Wild Wild West but the yeah. director you could have you know I don't know much have, yeah speculation I, really do on this yeah it's <laughs> to be honest right um, um, so where do you want to go with this all right that's I got so I'm, my kind, notes. I'm looking down yeah. my notes I have them in, in scene order pretty much yeah um we could circle back a little bit to uh like before the 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 test scene within getting into the men in black mm-hmm. uh we had uh edgar introduced oh yes uh, no that's human good, form and then, got... and then the bug crashing as well yeah it it takes a while to really like i think from us from a uh my eyes at 17 it's like oh yeah no i just accept that vincent d'onofrio is the edgar suit suit um but no watching it this time you kind of see the you really see the beauty of the effects yeah more more rick baker kind of killing it <laughs> yeah uh i mean the only the only bad cg really is when it uh edgar your uh skin's hanging off the bone yeah yeah stretches his face back that's yeah, that's I, about I, I, and again i wonder if that was a blend of practical and cg like i wonder how they did that like maybe uh, they had a rubber mask they pulled back and then masked yeah. a little bit in, in digital I, effects Again, that's like a Tim. Again, brings the Tim Burton element into it again, though. It's like you could certainly draw a direct line to the Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, uh, they overlap a little bit. So it's like a, but no, D'Onofrio. Like when you say Oscars, this should have been a supporting actor I mean, nomination. They never, they never acknowledge the genre stuff as much, right? It's it's hard to. Well, yeah, but supporting actors like. Nobody gives a shit if you win a supporting actor Oscar, sadly. Oh, really? Like, okay. Well, I like like Cuba Gooden Jr. has an Oscar, and nobody really thinks about that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't thought about him in a while. He hasn't been around. Well, I think he uh, kind of got canceled in the Me Too, but. Mm, uh, oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, let's see. Uh, yeah, we're down. 
know why I did that. Okay, I had Bollocks. I, I, but I agree that, that D'Onofrio was... I mean, he's always been great, uh, but he's certainly good in this. The way, the way the makeup's great, and a lot of that is, is Rick Baker, and he's he's a trooper for kind of... Apparently, it was like eight hours on both oh. sides of, of makeup. Well, I mean, and you rewatch it, and it's like you definitely can tell the decay and everything like this. Right. That was that was another aspect that I love, was seeing the decay across the whole movie. Um, and uh, But talking about D'Onofrio, like the way he moved, oh. like they really kind of betrayed like a bug in a skin suit. Yeah. Just, just uh, great. And, 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 and yeah, very effective. Mm, yeah. It's just, uh, I, it, it, it's more or less like, I don't know. Like I've, D'Onofrio is one of those guys who just does not get enough respect. Uh, so I'm going to probably attach a review for the, uh, going back to the mcu the black widow movie okay because um basically like i was working on a podcast solo podcast uh last week like okay i'll watch a go through what i call the alley's accessory shop on etsy's trash feature reviews because she when i started the podcast and we were a year removed from our relationship she decided to just go to the used video store and buy me 90 minute movies (laughs) okay uh so um and I was working through that. And then it's like, um, I came up with the idea, well, I'll watch Black Widow now and do another marathon like I did for the uh, uh, Sam Elliott episode. And then it's like, then I came up with the concept of, oh, MCU next Tuesday. So <laughs> I do an MCU marathon. No, no, no. It's a, uh, it's an old joke on uh, people who say the word uh, see you next Tuesday to describe somebody. I haven't heard that. That might be regional. Uh, uh, not familiar. Well, it was uh, first brought to real uh, fruition on uh, American Dad, I think it is, when uh, Roger is talking to somebody on the phone and then uh, Sam's... Uh, see, I don't watch enough American Dad, but the wife Stan's, mm-hmm. Stan's wife. Uh, Roger, can you get off the phone? Yeah, I uh, I gotta leave. She's being a real see you next Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just put it okay. together. Yeah. yeah, right. So, nah, so that's like, well, I can't help being an English humor guy. I can't help resisting a C-bomb joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Wordplay yeah. and such. Yeah. Right. So, I gotcha. Right. That's how I, and then the same day, like, okay, I gotta get this podcast out. Oh, Sisu, the Finnish English English language horror, uh, action movie John Wick in World War II came out. I will just talk about this and spend thirty dollars on the steel book, un- sight unseen. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, definitely worth a watch. Though, uh, like, really impressed my managers who were asking me about movies <laughs> at my job. Um. So yeah, so we are uh, on to Vincent D'Onofrio, and is a. Uh, yeah, just his underappreciation. I know what I was trying to find now was like the supporting actors of 1997. Wikipedia. Uh, 1998. You're saying you should have been nominated for this performance? Yeah, I, I'm. Well, I'm going there and seeing highlight supporting actress. That was Kim Basinger for. Uh, it's a Wikipedia. Kim Basinger, mm-hmm. like Kim Basinger and uh, 
not going to argue um, freaking uh, LA Confidential. Can't do that. Uh, Wikipedia. There we go. Uh, so, all right. Who were the supporting actor nominations? Best supporting actor. Okay. It's very hard to say to put him against Robert Will- uh, Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting. So, yeah. Well, that's that was the winner. Uh, otherwise, you had Robert Forster from Jackie Brown, which is a great performance. But yeah, greatest uh, greatest D'Onofrio was in this. There's not that much depth to it. It's a very kind of cartoonish villain role. It's great, but it's, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, that's again the supporting actor idea, I suppose. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Robin right. Williams won. Uh, Robert Forster for Jackie Brown. That's he's great in it, but. Not much. Yeah, I've seen it. I can't recall his performance. I mean, he's he's a good actor. I like him a lot, but I I can't recall his Uh, performance exactly. Greg Kinnear for good as it gets. Honestly, I probably would have said Boogie Nights, but I could have taken Anthony Hopkins off for John Quincy Adams and Amistad. That's Mm a let's respect the movie reward. Yeah. So uh, respect the con respect the concept of the movie, (laughs) not the movie itself. I don't think anybody really regards Amistad in the top. Uh, 20, yeah, it, 20 Spielberg movies. I'll have to go back to Screen Drafts, a podcast that ranked all of the directed movies. But <laughs> uh, yeah, there's 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 some kind of weeds you can get into talking about the the, the politics and the the math of like whether or not someone should or should not get nominated or won. That I I honestly don't care too much to to wander into those weeds too often. Oh no, it's, just, it's impossible to sort out. Well, as I say, it was the Ringer, the rewatchable podcast, the host. Bill Simmons basically saying like we shouldn't really give the Oscars out until five years after the movie was made. Interesting. I, I like that. Uh, give yeah. it a little time to breathe. So that's yeah. I mean, you can always start a new award show. They're all kind of made up anyway. <laughs> uh, that's true, but uh, maybe yeah, a decade or something. I don't know. Nice, right? Round. So number there. Uh, where do you want to go? Because I got my as I say, not D'Onofrio worked for my notes. Uh. Good so I'm still kind of there. like looking down my, my so I have like a I did it this in two forms uh in different different stages so I have kind of scene by scene notes and then I yeah then I split it up into like different aspects of the movie and characters okay. and such so there's there's uh not much more to say about Nafrio I mean he's great that the, the way he moved and stuff was yeah. very committed to that and the makeup time um but the next kind of scene let's see after he gets so he does the audition scene yeah if you can call it that mm-hmm. uh the trials getting into the MI, MIB and there's there's another there's a note here that I want to tie back to what I was saying about the, the intro scene with the immigrants where uh, Kay is kind of indifferent to most of the immigrants. He's just looking for the alien. That's that's right. 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 Um, There's another kind of line that kind of sneaks by uh, in the scene where he's talking about the aliens that are on earth. I think he says there's like 1500 at any given time. Right. Taxi drive, taxi drivers. Not as many as you should think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And there's a line that, the, that he says that I think ties back, which is um he says most of them are decent enough to try to make a living. Yeah, and it's it's I like that kind of ethos a lot of like don't bother people. Most most of them are fine because they're not oh, right. Me. No, nobody's causing um, trouble, and it kind of like we're it, making it, it for ourselves. Slashes right through the, the sort of red tape 
uh, uh, control of like of immigration services. I don't want to get too political, but like no, uh, it's of that kind of stuff. right. No, it's like yeah. There's it's the you know and actually it goes to something I wanted to try making a point of. I just didn't have a good idea for a note. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conversation and it, it's the same scene. Um, like Will Smith saying, "What are you worried about? People are smart." That's the next one. The very iconic quotes. Yes, the up uh, a person is smart. Like I have the quote pulled up here somewhere. Yeah. Why well, the big secret? People are smart. They can handle it. And a person is smart. People are dumb, panic, dangerous animals, and you know it. Know it. Yes. And hundred years ago, everybody knew the Earth was the center of the universe. Yeah. It's right. One big paragraph. No, it and it goes back. You know, you can fast forward to 2015. You know, they're not sending their best. Mexicans are rapists, thieves. Some no, are the, good. The quote, you're quoting uh, 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 Trump, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <make> clear. <laughs> right. It's not you saying that. Uh, no, 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 no. Thank you. Thank you. No. The context. Uh, no. Thank you very much for the context <laughs> there. But you know what I'm getting at? It's like, yeah, it's not, you know, don't like all you. It's, yeah, people are very much stupid. It's like, one person feels guilty if he one fe- person feels weird if he can talk one other person into it we're shagged yeah there's a the mob mentality that, that kind of comes into play and there's there's some interesting points in this movie kind of around that uh, like keeping people from from this sort of knowledge of, of global threats and such right i'm not sure entirely what to make of that but it's it's again this more this movie is more than just a blockbuster kind of romp to me uh, oh no if anything and this is my thing about like so here's my big notice i guess you go back to the uh the time period movies were getting bloated at the time mm-hmm. like uh jurassic park two hours um 94 was a weird year uh lion king was the number one grossing movie but uh 95 Batman Forever. Why the heck is Joel Schumacher movie over two hours long? Mm-hmm. Uh, 96 Independence Day. Like, oh, America, F yeah on that one. <laughs> but again, two hours. Like, when I think back, I was so accustomed to, you know, uh, two hours bloated movies. It's kind of like I didn't even think about Men in Black being under an hour, 40 minutes. That's including yeah. credits. Yeah, like I, Men in Black 2 is 10 minutes shorter as well. Well, I think, well, I think it might be 144. I don't know. I may have misread that, but that I think was also one of the... It was the third one. The, yeah, but the the fact that, like, I recently, like, just working on this podcast, watching movies and such, I saw Monster Hunter, and I'm a Paul W.S. Anderson apologist. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um apologist i'm not saying he's good <laughs> i'm just saying you know i yeah i i, I mentioned liking kevin smith stuff it's it, there's there's some well, guys that just kind of like their stuff it's i i i'm i'm not an apologist for kevin smith i, I am a well i'm saying i'm saying I, I can be sometimes like there's some of his like less good stuff that i still enjoy well no there's uh, well oh, okay that's entire like past the first the first era like past the chasing aim well, the, the I, 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 I i did so i know i didn't ask for your approval but it's like you know what? I better hit my most frequent guest, <laughs> like 
hey, 3 p.m., Men in Black podcast, you in? And nobody said yes, but... Um, yeah. No, I've been working, like, like my uh, one of my uh, constant guests, he's been really great, uh, Andrew T.D. again, at Couchman Bakes. Mm-hmm. A lot of pot humor, dare I say. Sure. I think that's implicit, but... Uh, it's kind of like... Uh, so Kevin Smith is just something we've been being like, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it someday. Uh, never. Just kind never of going worked. over his, his whole. Uh, yeah. Uh, filmography. Essentially. Filmography. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, Sorry, I interrupted. You were talking about monster hunter, Paul W.S. Anderson. Yes. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. The credits are that are at least 10 minutes long. Again, make me really like effects. Yeah. yeah. It has to be. And it's like, how much are these people getting paid besides for their IMDB? Like, Yeah. Uh, granted, most of them are Asian, and like, well, that doesn't mean they should get paid. Come on, man. <laughs> well, I mean, as a somebody who works in an electronics store, it's kind of like you know, I hear people, oh, I can't support Apple. It's like, dude, it's little fingers fixing everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to get away from that. Yeah, it it it's not just an Apple problem. Yeah, lithium mining and all that. Right. So, uh. But I'm just saying it's like 10 minutes long. And when you think, uh, you know, that movie should have been an hour 29, I think, in 10 minutes, 11 minutes of trailers. I mean, credits. Credits, yeah. So, I mean, Men in Black is pretty, as I say, to see this done in under 30 minutes, almost under 190, essentially 190 minutes. It's like, damn. But what I'm getting at is it's kind of like, I think back to John Wick, the original. Mm-hmm. which is 141 minutes but you only get hints of the bigger world is it that long the first one yeah wow so but i'm just saying you only get hints of the bigger world it is really just a revenge story yeah it's a pretty simple movie i didn't realize it was that that long oh no and i and i love how like that's what i like I will talk about it's hour forty one. Okay, yeah, yeah. I will talk about any movie that, like, when people say sequels, no, that doesn't qualify for your podcast. It's like you sold me on it, and I'm gonna go see it. Like, John, <laughs> I, think Wick... said, I think you said 141, which is confusing. That's that's two hours. Oh no, minutes. sorry, one hour forty one minutes. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Numbers one hundred one. Yeah. So it's kind of like, did, was I angry at John Wick three being? two you know an hour longer than the original no sorry john wick four so, yeah that one's two hours 49 right. Jeez. yes because oh, that's no, where I... they really kind of blow out the the, the myth mythology and the, the but i'm just saying it's world, like right oh yes and i'm what i'm saying is like more. yeah what i'm saying is like yeah your first movie is the test run the second movie that's where you get to go nuts yeah so i will you know talk about any like oh if somebody wants to talk about kick boxer resurgence <laughs> which is like oh no that's 151 minutes but the first the kickboxer vengeance was only 130 like yeah i'm not you give me christopher lambeer versus jean claude van damme in some sense i will watch it um but uh it's just basically like again the lack of knowledge if you're gonna get a chance to do a sequel i suppose it's like let's throw all these elements in and it's like i think we could have had a great a greater franchise if you just slowly you know slowly incorporated stuff so in sorry and uh spaced out for a second you mean in men in black or yeah in in men in black yeah yeah i'm basically saying it's like all right yeah um 
we could have probably developed the character of Jay a little more or Kay a little more instead of like, okay, and let's get the next creepy, let's get the next weird special effects thing in. I don't know. I, I like I like the Men in Black trilogy for what it is, kind of the more focus on those two characters and and doesn't well, really try to, to blow it out too much. It really just kind of goes on a on a series of journeys with them. Yeah, no, and I and I can respect that. It's just kind of like but again, it's like if they really wanted two to involve J, I mean sorry, to involve K, they wouldn't have erased his mind. Yeah, I guess so. There certainly was a course correction there, right? Because right. end of end of this first one teases a partnership between J and L. Yeah, um, and then the second one they're like, "Nope, we're doing J and K again." Right. But, uh, and I and say, no, I, I, and the third one sounds awesome because again, Josh Brolin. So yeah, I mean, yeah, he certainly carries that one. Uh, uh, in the second one, though, I love it for I love the scene where they take. Uh, he takes K over to Jeeps again, and they have their yeah. whole dynamic and and the, the neuralizer and that whole scene. It's yeah, it's a course correction, but they play it so well and it's so fun. Uh, right, and it's yeah, one of my favorite scenes in that in that movie. I think. Oh no, and I, I think... love Jeeps and Mark no, Tony Schlub. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I w- really wish I could uh, do more Coen Brothers movies because he's just like a go to character in there. Is he in? I, I love Coen Brothers, but I, I'm having trouble thinking of. Uh, he was Tony in uh, been being in his stuff. Okay, he was in um, Barton Fink as the movie producer. Okay, and he's in um, the man who wasn't there. I haven't seen it all. I've seen Barton Fink. I can't quite recall. Uh, man who wasn't there. He plays the doesn't uh, one. Yeah, he plays the high class lawyer that Billy Bob Thornton um, hires for his wife's murder case, played by. Uh, Francis McDormand, who's married to one of the Coen brothers. And yeah. and um, then eventually Tony Shalhoub, like basically how that trial ends up, Tony Shalhoub feels, yeah, I guess I owe you one. Mm-hmm. I, don't, and, I guess I don't know Coen brothers as well as I thought. I've oh, not, I don't even know if I've heard of this one. Oh, the mix, wasn't there. yeah, 2001. Um, it, it, it goes weird places. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton is your lead. Scarlett yeah. Johansson, young Scarlett Johansson. I mean, we're talking Ghost World Johansson, who mm-hmm. I don't know if she was even 21 at that. I mean, even 18 at that point. I say that as a big Ghost World fan. <laughs> I don't know when she was born. Well, I think she was born in 83, but uh, it, I, I was at, so in Champagne, uh, they have Ebert Fest every year uh, because Roger Ebert attended the u of i okay so i was i went to the so i checked the line up every year wish i could have done more you know but my work schedule what can i say um i but like oh no i have to be there for friday's 2020 it's in april uh a festival and like they had ghost world and they had the director uh terry schmeimoff I believe it is. Uh, I really wish I could have done more with it because this was like going to be the debut of the Gilbert Gottfried documentary and Gottfried was supposed to show up. Mm. You know, death kind of hinders everything, of course. Uh, it gets in the way, doesn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, they do a lot of tribute to him uh, in the uh, Ghost World stuff, but 
you know, just the uh, Q&A afterwards, they had uh, Terry Swigoth and uh, Thora Birch for it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it made it sound like Scarlett Johansson may have just turned 18. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, apparently, right. I looked it up, she's born in 84, 83. so she would have been oh, right about 17. 17, yeah. Or, so, for that one. Right, so you get some creepy stuff in uh, The Man Who Wasn't There. Mm. Uh, yeah. Grooming, grooming stuff, type stuff, not intended grooming type stuff. So, I mean, yeah, but um, we're less conscious of it then. Well, no, no, we were totally conscious of it. It's it's just written very well. It's like, okay, uh, Billy Bob Thornton sees he's a great pianist and tries mm. to support her career, and then it's misinterpreted by the and Billy Bob Thornton is like, nope, no, this is not what it was <laughs> meant to be, yeah type stuff so kind of weird when you think billy bob thornton and then you think angelina jolie briefly but and that's not that's not overly creepy except for the age difference but i wonder if there's any if there were any intended parallels between that and uh star is born right i'm not oh. familiar with but i've seen them no, more recently. yeah i've right a lot of stuff like that um so it happened right so, so yeah let's get back the, on track here not uh, d'onofrio yep and uh, i want to ask the... sorry real quick uh, how much uh, time do you have we've been going for a while here we're like a third oh, i have i have a, yeah no i've got 100 I, I see we're at we're past the 90 minute mark but um we're yeah, probably closer to, to it, it down. yeah right um no don't worry about the editing as long as you're not cursing i'm cool <laughs> i think i cursed a little bit i meant to ask about that but then forgot um, no we're but, we're looking yeah. at pg-13 so okay and and then it's more just me like logic wise so we get one f bomb <laughs> yeah i'll give you that i'll give you it <laughs> sure i don't think i yeah i'll, I'll keep no that we mind. haven't we nobody's used it so real quick real quick tangent uh uh there was an example of that the f-bomb and the pg-13 that made me laugh a lot recently was guardians 3 oh you haven't seen because you haven't kept up with no i haven't i i mean <sighs> like when i was at so i was at c2e2 uh chicago comic okay. and entertainment expo i would say it's probably one of the big five um comic cons in the states okay you got new york new york san diego chicago uh, heard of it. i don't keep yeah. up with the cons too much but yeah right um and honestly the people who organize it are screwing up big time because they had e3 lined up and then yeah couldn't figure a, a way to make that work yeah too big eventually right it, yeah. yeah no you yeah the big one used to be wizard world and now it's fan expo because again they screwed up yeah um like they had plenty of trailers for uh like that was the only sponsored trailer they really had so i'm watching guardians 3 yeah and it's like just dropped but i'm watching uh but it's like right before the zachary levi panel for okay right yeah yeah i have not seen shazam 2 my older sister again the poetic critic uh she's uh like oh you need to watch honest trailers to get yourself straight and it's like and i'm watching these honest trailer videos on youtube and it's like no you're selling me on this movie with how crazy shit gets i I don't go for the like sarcastic like media kind of genre of uh of youtube videos oh no i i i understand that like my older sister hate like i show her a couple of what is it um it's on screen it was on screen at pitch meetings 
that guy's pretty good. The Ryan yeah. something, I think. Right. Yes. Some of this yeah. stuff is pretty fun. Right. It is still kind of like sarcastic in a way, but it's I don't know. It's too much. Too much irony. I think kind of spoils things. You're right. In my mind. No. And I think she's I on like those. genuine appreciation. Yeah. So it gets weird. Like, oh, you'll make you know you say, oh, watch the Ant Man uh, and the Wasp Quantumania uh, on his trailer. It's like, no, I think you're selling him out of this because how crazy it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's a, but I'm just saying it's like seeing the trailer for Guardians 3, it's like, okay, I guess I got to get into the uh, MCU again just because, and more or less because, okay, you're using Since You've Been Gone by Rainbow in the trailer. It's like, eh. I don't I gotta, know that one. Uh, Since You've Been Gone is just a. What is the, there's the Kelly Clarkson song or? No. Or um, Since You've Been Gone by Rainbow. Uh, so it's from the late seventies, I believe, mm, okay. which fits with the, you know, aesthetic of Guardians. I don't, I don't know if I watched many of the trailers for that. Yeah, I just we went off a little too far on a tangent there, but I, I just brought it up because there's a there's a f bomb that I drop in that. That's very like I heard a throwaway it. line. That's very. I funny. did hear. I did. I've heard of it, and as I say, I will. I will like basically going to C two E two, um, which was one of those like. Uh, Again, hindsight being 2020. Um, so I'm at, I do mo- more panels than my older sister does. Um, but uh, um, so it's like, okay, I went to see the Chris Evans panel. Um, and then the last panel that I saw was uh, Tenoch Huerta from. Uh, mm, uh, yeah, Black Panther 2 yeah you played the namor yeah right yeah so i saw his like okay i guess i really gotta get track of it oh no he's a uh creep oh <laughs> oh is he uh bummer um i don't know if it's ever going to amount anything because it's still just in mexico so yeah uh, that's, yeah that's tricky right is it yeah we already addressed that <laughs> um so yeah i really do need to get caught up still regardless so it's like I like the MCU. I can't apologize for it too much, but I just, I enjoy Cape shit. Um, I would say going up through um, Endgame at the very least is worth it. This most oh, yeah. phase yeah. is not as good, but yeah. Well, you're, you're, you got to reestablish something with something people are expecting. It's like when um, the first, you know, the MCU started with Iron Man. It's like, mm-hmm. we don't have a clue what's going to happen. Yeah. They teased now it's the like, Avengers, but that was right. about it. Yeah, and now you get to the after Endgame, it's like, okay, we have expectations. <laughs> what do you got? Yeah, Endgame kind of like, uh, yeah, no, changed I, the, the, the landscape a, a lot. Yeah, we could have used like a 10 year layoff from MCU altogether. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, as I say, I want to give it a go, but I hear good things about Shang-Chi. Nobody says anything. Weird. Nobody says anything good about Eternals. Yeah, it's fine. It fell flat for sure. I don't know if I'd call it bad, but it it right. some okay. stuff like I Shang Chi is pretty good and pretty self contained. I'd say check that out. Right. Yeah, and I and I watched. Uh, I did like just trying to get prep for uh, watching Black Widow for MCU next Tuesday. Um, I did watch Hawkeye, which I really liked. So Hawkeye was great. Um, yeah. Yeah, that ties into Black Widow a little bit. Uh, the the sister character, I forget her name. Yeah, um, yeah, Elena, 
And the only reason like I got into that was because I'm watching um the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then Julia Louise Dreyfus shows up. Yeah. And then I'm okay. like going through Contessa. Oh, yeah, and I'm going through IMDb and it's like, oh, and she's in Black Widow. Okay, I guess I do have to catch up. At the very end. She recruits uh her sister. Yeah, for their like dark Avengers team, whatever it is. Okay, well, see now you just said dark and you and you said something I like, so it's like, ooh, <laughs> it's well, yeah. So there there is a, a team they're kind of building up to as part of the the newer MCU stuff. Is this going to be the uh, Thunderbolts essentially? Uh, I, I think it actually might be the Thunderbolts. I because uh, I hear Harrison Ford is going to be Red Hulk. I don't know if he's going to be Red. He probably will be, but he's going to be playing Thunderbolt Ross, right? Um, so who that's. I think I think that might be Red separate Hulk. from yeah from the the Contessa stuff. I I don't have it all straight to be honest. Okay, yeah. Regardless, I mean, honestly, I just gotta get ready for Deadpool three. So <laughs> I think it actually is Dark Avengers is the is the one I'm thinking of. Okay, that's like there's a there's a Captain America foil. Yeah, it's in Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, yeah, Wyatt Wyatt Russell taking of the Russell family. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it was great. Oh, is that, that U.S. Agent? No, U.S. Agent. Yes. I thought U.S. Agent. J- use it. I thought U.S. Agent was John, uh, John Walker. Uh, I don't. I don't know the comics too well. There was another Captain America foil in the Jessica Jones series. I don't know if that's what you're thinking of. I th- uh, he was called something else. Well, I think John Walker's U.S. Agent. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. John Walker played by Wyatt Russell. Oh, okay. There you go. That's our confusion. Yeah. Acting act, like. I mean, that's he's, he's, he's done. He's done some good work. I don't know if you yeah. saw like um, we're going way off here, but uh, uh, Overlord, I think was like the. Oh movie. yes, no, uh, especially after watching Sisu, uh, World War Two ultraviolet movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, of course I've seen Overlord. <laughs> yeah, I caught that one in the theaters. Enjoyed it a lot. Oh, also has, like, that great Black Mirror episode, the uh, the VR one. Oh, I I've not gotten enough. Uh, I tried watching the first Black Mirror episode, stoned so <laughs> yeah no, that was a great idea it's, it's yeah, a mixed bag. Uh, yeah yeah anyway um all right so yeah where do you want to get going though on the movie i mean back I'm... into back into men in black yeah so there's another a line shortly after the 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 iconic quote of uh, people are smart or a person is smart people are dumb um there's a interesting little line here there's this movie is weirdly misanthropic a little bit because uh, there's a line shortly after that where he says uh, he's going over the alien tech they have and he says here we have a uh, universal translator which we're not even supposed to have because yeah. in some of the better galaxies human thought is thought of as an infectious disease yep. <laughs> doesn't that make you proud is what he says uh, <laughs> yeah but, uh, which is a really kind of again goes to the subtle humor of the movie yeah because it's kind of a throwaway oh shoot eh, spilled a beer eh. um no it goes back yeah like to the uh, bit where you got the everybody's evacuating you know uh, frank just left the on the last the last ship and like and then they just start naming locations where ships could be uh mm-hmm. three mile island gone staten island gone and that's good <laughs> thank god uh, <laughs> yes something like that right yeah it's 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 like kind of misanthropic but also kind of like it's, it certainly humbles humanity or tries to uh, yeah in several places yeah um, yeah Oh no! It it definitely stops to make you think. Like, gosh, we are not that. <laughs> we are our own worst enemies. And they play a lot with uh, with scale, and they think they do it in the future movies too, or at least yeah. Men in Black oh, no, I know Men in Black too. It's like yeah. everything's in a locker, and this movie, everything. We're in a marble. Well, yeah, yeah. 
kind of different levels there. It's like, yeah, it's, it's interesting how they play with that idea. They don't lean into it too much, but there's little bits and pieces that pop up, but um, yeah, let's yeah. see. There's not a whole lot of this I have for like kind of the middle section. Mm-hmm. There's something well, that's that, just, it, that's and I I think that speaks to a good movie if you don't have a lot of middle section notes. There's a lot of plotting, which is fine. Um, yeah, but it's just kind of how it goes. The middle section. There's like you know it gets into the MIB. The uh, uh, you know Edgar gets to the restaurant and kills the guys. Right. Um, they go and do the 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 alien birth scene, which is a lot of fun. But there's just not uh, much to say about it. Yeah. Just, no. No. That, and like yeah, that's I guess is where I'm getting at, like with the uh, John Wick idea of just like keep it focused. Yeah. You know, instead of like oh, let's do something goofy again. Um. Well, it, it it goes with the type of movie. John Wick was not made to be a blockbuster. Yeah, it wasn't made to be a franchise necessarily. Right. It, it, well, they... no. I mean, it's not like you did not intend on making three other movies. You just were like, "This sounds like a cool idea." I don't know if they really even got into the, like the society of assassins stuff that the later. I, I think I've only seen John Wick two, by the way, the first and second. No, one. once you get to the yeah, when, John Wick two, when you have the guy, the excuse to bring him back into doing everything, yeah. that's when you have this entire universe really unfolded. All you really get is hints in the first movie about the Continental. You can't do mm-hmm. business on here. Okay, so they did establish some of that lore early on, right? right. But yes, yeah, but it's basically like I can't recall. Like yes, there's a assassin organization underneath everything, which has rules. And then the second mm-hmm. movie is all about the rules, essentially. I just remember the first one establishing like he is this legendary assassin, Baba Yaga. Yeah, just kind of a weird, really ill-fitting name if you know kind of the mythology there. Right? But, no, no. Uh, I, I've seen Hellboy 2019, so I yeah, know. She, it's usually more of like a, a witch, a witch, like an elder, right. yeah, a, 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 a hag, yeah, uh, and like a uh keanu reeves type <laughs> right but no, anyway. it's not yeah um so that's what i'm yeah but i mean that's what i'm getting at it's like boom 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 and then like oh they want more of this let's save it like so yeah well when we got into this was act two was kind of there's not much to say about that in minute yeah. back and it's probably true of john wick too i would guess like the first oh, act no, well, no. Up, like, yeah everything sets up the second act so the first act's brief they're just kind act, of working through what the first act sets is up the, is that yeah it tells the story and third act resolves right exactly so yeah i uh so yeah my notes kind of stopped at the uh once we get to edgar um, edgar suit yeah and then um you know observations like was the entire uh, spaceship falling through the globe a subtle shot at uh universal oh maybe yeah that's right at the that's right at the end right. i wanted to like stop in the middle uh real quick and, and say there's a interesting kind of character detail of jay that i like i don't know if there's much to say about it aside from pointing out that he when he does the memory stuff the neuralizer he always kind of makes a point of giving them good memories yes and that happens for the first time in the in the middle when they're talking to the wife about the egger suit right um and he says uh and kind like, of yeah you by the way you kicked him out <laughs> Yeah, always it's always played for comedy, but it's also kind of a nice character detail. Yeah, uh, that he that he cares like that. I th- I think they do it a little bit earlier. Whenever he's um, still like in the first, whenever they're in the, the restaurant or something, uh, or no, it's the jewelry store. Yeah, it was a little bit later. Right. Sorry, I got to mix You're up. Right. Uh, just seeing the trailers go by on my, I'm not the credits go by on my screen. It's kind of like, 
Um, how much does Will Smith owe to Steve, uh, Stevie? Oh, shit, Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the Men in Black is a Steve, you know, you sample a, a lot of his sample. stuff for his. And then he did tracks. the same thing with Wild Wild West. <laughs> so I'm not too familiar, but that that I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I guess that's it goes bringing in Kevin Smith. It brings back Jersey Girl and a lot of elements because that movie focuses on like the and the key thing is Ben Affleck screws up his career because he's trying to take care of his kid but he has to do a 1995 in 1995 you know setting up uh, an event at uh, signing at a hard rock for Will Smith Mm -hmm. and it's like what do you guys care about this guy? He's just a rapper. Oh yeah, and hence yeah, that, I mean... that kills his uh, career as an agent. And the movie is about him trying to be a parent and still wanting those dreams. Yeah, I was like, and, and, and Will, and Will, and Will Smith, and Will Smith does a cameo in the movie. Okay, nice. at some point, so it wraps around. It's like it's more of a tribute to. I mean. I like the movie. It's like, uh, I don't know if I need the Will Smith setting the um, resolution in order. And yes, it gives us uh, Kevin Smith directing a scene from Sweeney Todd, essentially. But <laughs> uh, oh, Maybe I should check that one out. That's, oh, that's, yeah. It sounds interesting. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, and the little girl in the movie who's, this was back in the original benefer days mm-hmm. uh little girl is just right the little girl is just dead on j-lo so interesting yeah um so um my other note is the rodman bit at the end it's kind of <laughs> like well what does this say about michael jordan could he have been one like, well, I think the, the joke is more that dennis robin looks like a weirdo with the the dyed hair and the piercings and such right but i'm just saying it's like Geez, he's honestly, yeah, he could jump and grab the ball a lot quicker than most people. I guess so. It was. The, I think they were playing more on funny looks. Otherwise, I, I like know, but it's kind of like and such. It, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, well, that's not much of a disguise. But then you compare him to the other NBA. Like, as I say, Rodman was a prolific rebounder, mm-hmm. but he never had triple doubles, <laughs> which is a. Uh, rebounds assists and uh, having at least 10 10 rebounds assists and uh points you never look for uh dennis rodman to have more than 10 points in a game so he's never a prolific scorer he was just like if 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 that is an alien on the floor what does that say about the rest of the nba talent like who are you know, Michael Jordan scoring 55 while wearing number 45. <laughs> like, I gotta be honest, I'm not, I'm not really a basketball guy. Well, so I'm just, no, no, and I'm not a basketball I- guy either. Like, the, uh, I mean, once you get to high school and you're a amateur wrestler, it's kind of like the best, we, we wore shirts, the best time to be on the basketball floor when the mats are down door to door. Like, no, I, I, like, once I really, like, got entrenched in amateur wrestling culture it's like 
yeah, screw these tall guys. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying it's like yeah, very, Ron... very different kind of dynamics there. You want a lower center of gravity in, in wrestling. Right. Yes, you're right. But I'm just saying with Rodman being a considered an NBA great, it's like, well, obviously the rest of the NBA must be aliens, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, another kind of like aspect of this movie that I highlighted a bit in my notes was the uh, the way they handle tone, um, and it's 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 very much a comedy, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a comedy with stakes. They really kind of play the global stakes pretty straight. Like, oh yeah, there's 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 moments like there's the scene with that they uh, interview the the farmer farmer's wife and it opens with a. Uh, with uh, you know, they're they're walking in. She asks if they're FBI, and Tommy Lee Jones says, "No, ma'am, the FBI doesn't have a sense, have a sense of humor." You're really yeah. aware of, uh, or how actually? No, I can't remember how that line was introduced. It's less funny. Well, it was it was. Uh, I think I, I rerouted a couple times to see the line. All right, kid, let me take you over. Like basically, if they get the wrong impression right away, it's going to work out easier. Right. So. Uh, that's what oh, I that's, got. She she asks, "Are you here to make fun of me too?" Yeah, I found the quote online, and she says, "No, man, we at the FBI do not have a sense of humor. Where we're, 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 we come yeah. in, yeah, yeah." Uh, uh, so a very funny joke, kind of opening that scene, and then the scene ends uh, as they're leaving, and he he's figured out that it's a bug, right? Right. Um, yeah. And Tommy Lee Jones is a great actor, and like he kind of shows it in the scene where he, he plays it very very seriously. Uh, let's see, I have it written down here. Um, Oh no, my handwriting sucks though. Sorry. Uh, he says there's a bug in play, uh, so we check the works. Yeah, like, very seriously, like people are dying, so we start there. Right. Uh, and I, I, that's another aspect of this movie that I like a lot. The way that they they go between pretty well, like transition between the the more comedic and, and serious mm-hmm. tones. Would, honestly, that made me think of uh, Demolition Man for a moment there. Mm, that's a great movie. Yeah, uh, where they bring up. Uh, like, how are we going to find Simon Phoenix? Well, let's eat. And eventually, the police chief says, you know, who hates uh, Stallone's character. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll just have to go and look at the board. Once we get the next murder, death, kill, we know where they're at. Mm-hmm. And then Stallone's character is like, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. I think I've seen that movie like once or twice. I like it a lot. Yeah. And they it's... definitely had similar similar vibes. Right. It's uh I mean it definitely doesn't have the a strong narrative, which is the strong, you know, it's like we're here to see Wesley Snipes and uh still like that that's kind of the beauty, I guess you'd say, of MIB. It's kinda of like all right, we got two great actors at the peak of their game, uh mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones, four years removed from the fugitive, uh Will Smith is just you know knocked it out with uh independence day he was the biggest star on television yep yep so and they have i mean they work very well as a duo and their chemistry like they, the, that duo certainly carries these movies oh and yeah very interestingly in, in, in men in black three it's mostly will smith and josh brolin as we've talked about right before. oh no they they created a, they created strong characters first yes yeah. is, is the yeah. idea like if you have a strong character it doesn't matter who plays them. You can look at the uh, uh, Tom Clancy movies, essentially. Um, well, it, it matters to a degree because they have to play the character well, right? Well, that's true. But when you had Alec Baldwin to start, and then you replace him with Harrison Ford, 
years. Like, I'm not familiar with those. Um, sorry. Uh, so we're talking Hunt of Red, the Hunt for Red October, uh, Patriot Games, and Clear and Present Danger, and then um, there was the Athlete attempt at it. Um, so is that a series of, of Tom uh, Clancy Jack novels? Ryan, Jack Ryan is the character. Okay, were those I, all Jack Ryan stories? I don't. I'm not. I don't get yeah. into that kind of oh, uh, those uh, stories yeah. as much. So, um, I've heard of Jack okay. Ryan. There's more Jack Ryan. So yeah, Jack Ryan has a show on um, Amazon Prime. Okay, yeah. So uh, where it's John John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Yeah. Thank you. Jim from the him. Office. Right. Okay. I was on an Office guy. I'm not a TV guy for the most part. Eh, fair enough. Uh, I, I'm not big into the Office either, but I just I, that's his best. Oh role, no, I no. I yes, yeah. Um, so. Uh, they did uh, Clear and Present... Uh, sorry. Uh, the Hunt for Red October with Sean Connery is probably the most memorable character. Uh, mm-hmm. Alec, Alec Baldwin was the first uh, Jack... Playing Ryan. a Russian with a thick Scottish accent. Right. <laughs> sorry. Play, playing in it... No, I'm a Highlander guy, so it's like... So Ramirez is a man with a Spanish name speaking with a Scottish accent who's originally from Egypt. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, in, uh, oh, in, uh, in Highlander. Highlander, yes. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't really care about that stuff as much in those days, right? No, uh, oh gosh, no. I was talking. About I'm not sure. It, it, it mattered all that much in the end, but oh no. And I, so. uh, but I was talking with a uh, one of my uh, best friends after a trivia night. We're drinking. Mm-hmm. We're on opposite trivia. We're on opposing trivia teams, so it's kind of furthers our dynamic. Never mind. Oh, we could do a buddy car- cop feature if I really wanted to work on a script. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> um, and he's. You know, like, oh, you don't you want me on your podcast? It's like, well, I, what do you got? And well, let's see this, 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 and we're somehow it was like Hunchback, another name, and Mulan, and then I'm looking at Mulan, and I'm looking at the people in the movie who did voices. Oh yeah, and it's like, oh god, this is cross racial kind of yeah. Plan. Well, not really, not too much, honestly. Well, it all depends on your. Uh... I know uh, what's her name played Mulan. Oh, fuck. Uh, Ming, Na, a... Ming, 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 yeah. when uh, I know when I think is her name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, very cool. I've seen a panel or two of her, um, but no, it's like uh, we're all going BD Wong is a character in who does a voice, and then James Hong, and we're trying to think of uh, who is the voice of the villain, I guess, is. Uh, well, never mind. I think we we're focused on Eddie Murphy being a Chinese dragon. Yeah. Um, and my friend, my friend is black, so I mean, I'm going to take his. You know, if it comes to cultural stuff, uh, I'll go with him. Oh, Miguel Ferrer is the villain. Hmm. Uh, Sean, Sean Yu. Yu. Yeah. Yeah. And he's love Miguel uh, Ferrer. Yeah. I oh, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. And it's kind of weird to say my favorite role of his is RoboCop still. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't remember him being in that. Uh, oh, he's the, he's the guy who creates RoboCop. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I probably saw it once a while back. Well, oh, okay. I know he did it. Uh, oh, yeah. He was in Twin Peaks a little bit. He's great. Yeah. Yep. Um, I also know him for voicing Death in the Adventure Time, the cartoon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know he's in um, like Hot Shots Part Do. Uh, I've seen that. I, I, that's one that I loved like way back when. But yeah. I revisited. So. Oh um, yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, it's just more of the cultural element of it. It's like uh, we're getting way off topic here. Yeah, we uh, are. We were talking about uh, 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 characters, good characters carrying a movie. Yeah, that's where we right, and that's why we got off on a. All right, let's suspend our disbelief. Oh, Getty Watanabe does a voice in uh in um Mulan, and he's still probably going to be best known as Dong from uh Sixteen Candles. Oh yeah, he's done a bunch of those. Like yeah, he was in UHF as well. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. In that yeah. Yeah. Uh, Keith Cooney. I, I don't know. I can't. That's sad. That I can't think about it because we're no, it's Cooney. Yeah, yeah. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, yeah. He's done more the like the cartoonish kind of right. Yeah. Uh, uh I guess stereotypical world. I mean, right. Like but the, the as I say, I mean, I'm going through it. It's like okay, yeah, we're getting to me and my buddy are getting offended at you know. uh Well, I I kind of defended it because it was a concept in. Uh, since Miguel Ferreira is a Hispanic name. Oh, Pat Morita is the emperor. That was another element. Like, gosh, did you guys try selling this to the Chinese ahead of time? Yeah. I don't know. The entire, uh, you know, war mm. crimes, like recently watched Sisu. Um, mm. And it's like, Oh, I'd love to see a Chinese take on this. Um, like oh the Japanese destroyed everything type thing. <laughs> Let's get ultra violent with that. Sure. Uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, just ignore the voice the voice cast I guess on the lawn. I've not seen the year live action one, so yeah, I didn't bother with that. Yeah, uh, but, I, but I what we're getting at is you know you got great characters, mm-hmm. and kind of like they can carry a movie. I mean, yeah, it's... no, no, it's like yeah, I mean. As I say, this is Ghostbusters with aliens. Yeah. And yeah. You know, all the characters are pretty sound in Ghostbusters. What's funny is then then this formula was then taken and tried they tried to adapt it into a ghost thing in RAPD and it fell completely. Oh fine. god. I don't <laughs> even want to no, did a podcast on that. Don't want to yeah. think about that further. <laughs> Never watched it myself. I've seen clips and stuff and I can oh. tell. I can tell yeah. it's not worth the time necessarily. Right. And then never mind Kevin Bacon half asses the Boston accent. Oh, really? I like yeah. Kevin Bacon, but yeah, I could see people phoning in that movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. I, I, It wasn't until Deadpool where it's basically that I fully acknowledge that, oh, uh, Ryan Reynolds is nothing more than a cynical asshole. Maybe that's why I'm envious of him because <laughs> I might just be nothing more than a cynical asshole but i always got upset like why was he van wilder you couldn't find a comic actor to play that yeah um, i mean yeah van wilder's an interesting thing to to get into not to yeah no another that's tangent, another you're right that's a yeah no you know, well, burt kreischer well, is based on his his life right oh yeah no i i gotta see the machine i don't yeah. know why it's nearly two hours but i do need to see it I, yeah, I didn't know about that for a while. I, I saw it like pop up. I think I saw it pop up in a theater, like, and I saw the poster for it. And I was like, "What the fuck, Mark Hamill's? This? Like, how, how did Burt Kreischer get Mark Hamill?" Yeah, uh, no, that's the biggest. Yeah. That's the biggest reason I got to see it. Is yeah, like Mark Hamill being Mark Hamill. Like, yeah, the first Very odd when I did, started ninety for chill the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I w- it was just blogs and such, and then like the so I did a breakdown of what I discovered in twenty nineteen. And my number one movie was Briggsby Bear. 
um, which Mark oh, Hamill's. Man. Yeah, it's 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 tough to explain. It's basically a kid. I, gets, see that? I don't think I saw that. All right, kid. Kid gets a dot. Uh, gets gets stolen when he's born by two weird scientists. Mark Hamill being not scientists necessarily, mathematicians. Mark Hamill being one of them. Okay. And they basically raise the child to try to figure out the toughest math problems. <laughs> but to That's give a, a wild premise. Yeah, I've seen something about this. It's a Kyle Moody movie. It's a comedy, right? yeah. Uh, but to uh, give give him kind of like some sense of reality, they create a fake children's show. Uh, okay. Yeah, based around Briggs to be Bear. That might have took the time. Yeah. wild. Yeah, and you get uh, like... So essentially, they had to hire actors, but the only person watching this on VHS tapes, mm-hmm. and then basically it starts with the authorities figuring this out. Okay. So uh, Matt, so now finding out about the the kid. You're right. So it's basically he's got to get reacquaint. He's got to get adjusted to society post nine eleven. <laughs> it sounds like to me, you know, what I'm connecting it with is um. Uh, which what was that Jim Carrey movie? The uh, where he's in a bubble. Uh, uh, damn it! You sure it's not Brendan Fraser? No, there was that the the the, the TV show one. The uh, God damn it! Oh, the TV show. Kidding. No, Jim Carrey in the Truman Show. Oh yeah, no, yeah, the Truman Show. Except we don't have people watching him, so we don't have people ready to accept him. Yeah, it's kind of inverted, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, just, that's right. just connecting dots. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So I'm all through my notes. So let's see what you got. See. I got. I think I have a little bit more. Some stuff I've right. already covered. Uh, Talked about Edgar. Pretty much covered him, I think. Just the way that they had the makeup kind of decayed oh, across the movie was yeah, great. No, which that yeah. again, there are no running zombies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, another thing, kind of about the the way they play with tone, I thought was really funny was um, where they really kind of mixed it in, uh, in, in a single frame. Was I don't know if you caught it because it's it's only there for a couple seconds or maybe a second, but um, whenever they're getting a message from the Archelians saying uh oh. deliver the deliver the galaxy or, say, or we'll destroy. destroy you sorry sorry yeah. and then that's a quickly like covered up by a timer but i just thought that i caught that this time i don't know if i've caught it on previous watches to be honest well, I, think I, I thought that was hilarious yeah i think i've known the movie well enough that it's kind of like i'm ready you know i'm looking for the subtle stuff again mm-hmm. like um yeah so no i did catch that it's like yeah i mean I don't know. Maybe it's a for me being a customer service professional for the last twenty years. It's kind of like, hey, as long as you apologize, I mean, people know you're trying. <laughs> so, yeah, good on the acrylic or the art, <laughs> Archelians. Archelians. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, and it kind of it makes sense. It's a good joke, but it also kind of makes sense because they probably don't want to destroy the Earth. Right, exactly. But it's they've established like... the stakes of, like, if this bug gets this energy source, yeah. which is kind of a throwaway line, but apparently that's what it is to him. Right. Gonna, like, no, yeah, that, was, that was the yeah. biggest catch thing, was the, oh, why did they want a little galaxy? Like, Subatomic energy is the, yeah. the, Frank, the line right. from Frank. 
yeah uh, the pug which we haven't talked about but frank the pug is a lot of fun oh yeah uh, this weird kind of like not animatronic it's an actual pug but they have a yeah. guy voicing him right uh, no i tried to look up who's voicing the guy who was the actor aside from him. yeah i know but it's a little trickier than you'd like to think it looks huh. like richard o'brien from rocky horror but oh interesting yeah i don't i'm not familiar with the uh the voice actor for that oh the voice actor no i couldn't tell you anything about like but yeah it's i don't know it kind of makes you wonder about certain uh disguises aliens are using though it's like <laughs> yeah there's they show some different ones throughout the like uh, what another thing i wanted to highlight another rick baker effect was the uh the alien in the head of the uh the jewelry store guy yeah Rosenberg, i think um that I right. was very very well done mike i oh, think yeah. how they did that was they they played with scale a little bit i think they scaled that up to get the like detail in that effect because i don't think that was the size of a head but like the way that they cut it was it kind of tricked you into thinking that it was this tiny yeah real alien mm-hmm. yeah no i mean again that's i guess it's probably like i guess i have to watch the second one because i hear so like I guess the thing is, everybody on the third one is like, well, yeah, this is a nice little fun jaunt of Josh Brolin doing Tommy Lee Jones. And um, um, Jermaine Clement is, is great as the villain. It's a oh, lot of fun. well, there you go. I'm sorry. Like, again, you wouldn't know about it in 2012. You know, Jermaine Clement was. I think Flight yeah. of the Concords was. Right. But I'm just that. saying, it's like Flight of the Concords is one of those famous series that's like. No, we're only going to do two seasons. I don't have anything more to write for this character. Yeah. So did it only go two seasons? I didn't really keep up with it. Oh, um, maybe three. I don't know. But they, they like, yeah, no, I don't have anything more to say. It's kind of like the British office. It's like, really? Uh, you expect us to. In turn, and out. Yeah. <laughs> turn 12 episodes into. I don't even want to think about how long the American office was. So. Yeah, I like yeah. that uh, when shows kind of know when to to get out and be done with it. Um, right, it's it's it can be, uh, it can be tedious whenever they just go on forever. It's like, yeah. Oh no, I mean The Simpsons. Geez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I hate to say that because like, oh, did you see this bit from a Simpsons episode in 2012? It's like, well, god damn, that's genius, but. Uh no, after two thousand after the movie, definitely there's nothing more to the series. Right. So yeah, I will, uh, that said, uh, I've been getting into "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" lately, and that's one that's that is, I think, the longest running live action sitcom. Yes, it is. Uh, uh and I, I'm still kind of early on. I'm in like season five, I, but I like that show a lot. We'll see how. I, <laughs> yeah, no, I know scale. a lot of people who love it. Uh, my trivia team, it helps. Like. Mm-hmm um basically like the six questions second round is always a television show and it's like i don't know i don't watch a lot of tv so not that great but usually it's something current i mean we had a sign we had a seinfeld question this week but yeah that's not current but yeah yeah uh yeah otherwise it's always sunny in philadelphia oh maybe like parks and rec like that yeah parks and rec area uh, of, of comedies Right. It's like, yeah, no, I, yeah, I couldn't help you. But, uh, oh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Oath Keeper is a sword. Like, but, 
Yeah. Well, all right. Any other uh, notes you got that you want to address? Uh, I have other little things. One, one kind of somewhat meaty topic I, I could maybe get into here is um. So, so we have the, we talked about the the chemistry between uh, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones, mm-hmm. um, K and J or J and K respectively, uh, and they certainly. In individual scenes, there's there's kind of a, a, a comedy, a, a double act there, right? Where there's a straight man and a, and a, and a funny man. Um, do you think, I, I think, maybe I'm reading it wrong, but I think they switch roles sometimes. Do you think they're consistent in that, or or what do you think? Um, well, there's not a lot of opportunities for uh, Smith to take the lead, I think it is. like He's so, always reacting, right? Because he's the new guy. Yeah, so he doesn't really get to play the straight men too often in the movie. I can see points, like uh, the entire bit where it's like, hey, give me five minutes to talk uh, talk to her. Mm-hmm. Instead of you just waving your uh, brain scrambler and giving her leukemia. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's points where he knows he's supposed to be a guy. Um. So it really goes to breaks down to would Tommy Lee Jones get the uh, get past the innuendo bit? Oh, what do you mean? So, uh, like, the, uh, whenever they're they're flirting. Well, you'd say Will Smith thinks he's flirting. It's like, but yeah, but she's trying to like, you know, tell him yeah, there's an alien kind of pointing a gun at her. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um. So that would have really been the test if uh, Tommy Lee Jones could have like, um, you know, got like basically it's more of a decision. So whenever Will Smith tries to be the straight guy, it it fails. Yeah, I would say. Um, well, I just I enjoy when they kind of maybe that they don't switch fully, but they kind of break the the template a little bit. And in couple of scenes come to mind um, specifically is whenever they're interviewing Frank the Pug. Yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones just sitting there shaking him like, and it's very well, comedic, no, that, very right. silly. No, that's that's good cop, bad cop, essentially. Oh yeah, good point. They kind of switch into that in that yeah. scene. Yeah, right. And you could say that even with uh, Jeeves. No, oh, yeah, that's definitely good cop, bad cop, very much right. so. I love that scene. Yeah, uh, just so, the, the the dynamic between Jeeves and, and the two different guys that, right, at that point yeah, know each other. No, yeah. I mean it, it's and you know as a seventeen year old kid, I didn't catch the hey. So I hear you make an extra money, uh, Jeeves. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have a crack kind of the... dealer on the side, but I love the hours <laughs> here. Yeah. Jeeves uh, so. is so good. Uh, the other one that came to mind. Um, it's a little bit different and it's kind of a, a quick little scene, but whenever they're in the tunnel and uh, Tommy Lee Jones is blasting Elvis and singing along yeah. and, and uh, being, being kind of fun in that light uh, in that way. And, and, and uh, Will Smith is, is tumbling like, around the car. You know Elvis, you, yeah. You know, Elvis is dead. <laughs> Elvis is not dead. He just went home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, there, and that really sells concept that we need again, I think about the, me being a big horror guy like i loved when there was a saw movie every year mm-hmm. i could care less about the quality <laughs> sure. i just love the idea that we're gonna do this that's how i am with the mcu to be honest i'm like i just i'll take it i like it. oh I'll no no shit. no and that, that's that's great i uh, i don't know why and no when you say that it's kind of like well why did i flake out like i should just be appreciating this yeah regardless of quality yeah, um, it's 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 well, no i i know but i'm just saying like if Eternals 
that's a big one I gotta watch just because like how are you really going to incorporate this shit into the MCU? <laughs> yeah, let's we can get into that maybe, but uh right. let's, let's wrap so, up in black first, but yeah. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's like oh no, I mean I like uh, no, this is something like I wanna see. I wanna be like I will say the world ended when we decided there was not gonna be a Star Wars movie every year. Hmm. Like, hey, a 2020 Star Wars movie, you promised me that. I will, and I've been batting, I've been pitching a no-hitter, as I say, when it comes to COVID. Yeah. And it's like, I will put that on the line to watch a Star Wars movie in a full theater. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, No, so it's like, obviously, Star Wars nut. So I'm not as invested in the mcu as i am in star wars but no that's like kind of like yeah just i don't think we need three movies a year from the mcu yeah yeah it's gonna they're they're dialing it back right they are thankfully but it's like yeah no we always need something to amuse us and yeah it's a distraction I suppose yeah. like we jumped a little bit there. Uh, you were saying I was I was saying that it's fun when they break the mold of like good cop, bad cop, yeah. straight man, funny man, uh, right. Tommy Johnson being a little lighter. You got into your you're a horror fan. You liked it when Saw was coming out. Every yeah, year. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like and it goes. But I think it goes back to my biggest problem with the uh, men in black. It's like, OK, yeah, we have something here. It's kind of like a lack of foresight, you know? Oh, so you're saying they should have kept it going and roll it into a, like a longer franchise? Yes. Yeah. No, you should okay, have had something. Right. Oh, well, I mean. They tried. <laughs> well, it's international. But, yeah. But again, it's kind of like, well, okay. So that's what, 2020? So eight years after the second, the final of the trilogy? It's like, no, this yeah. is, you got you to gotta strike when the iron iron is hot. Yeah, it was like it was ninety seven, uh, two thousand two, two thousand two, and then two thousand twelve. Yeah, yeah, five years, ten years. Right. Yeah, it's like no, like yeah. I think a lot of it might be though that when we talk about legacy sequels, like you can't have that kind of like when's the sequel coming out type feel. I suppose, like Blade Runner. Hmm. nobody asks when the sequel is coming out and we should have it's a brilliant film yeah but kind of spawned the or helped spawn the cyberpunk genre i mean right so but you know when we're told we're getting it in 2019 2018 it's like yeah okay Hmm. now now i have to do some editing (laughs) that's my (laughs) fault i i kept track uh (laughs) so all right looking at my clock okay 218 219 uh bollocks uh yeah yeah i found with this edit man (laughs) yeah right when you do a uh when you go to uh men in black it's kind of like well nobody was looking for nobody was expecting a sequel after men in black 3 yeah so no you know it's like (laughs) yeah so you're saying you're saying you want it to be uh uh you would would have preferred that it roll out into a mcu-ish kind of universe oh yeah i like yeah. Right. No, you should have a movie at least every two years. Like, I don't know. I don't would know you trade? I, would... I like it that they got in and out whenever they had a story to tell. Well, I mean, no, that's the thing, and that that is the thing. It's like 
all right, well, we don't necessarily have a story right now. Mm -hmm. All right. No, and I I get that. It's like, oh, you got to be real careful when you tell your story after that, I suppose. If you're just trying to grab a buck. Are you saying there's high expectations when you take time? Right, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you could argue that they didn't live up to it. I mean, Men in Black 2 is certainly the least popular. Right. Um, well i don't international right. might be lower i don't know well that's <laughs> true but i'm just saying it's like nobody expected a a spinoff yeah yeah so all right do you have any more notes that need to be addressed no that's really good. i think we kind of landed on it being just a fun buddy cop movie and yeah that really oh that is the no that yeah it's the most essential thing about it is a buddy cop movie has some has some thoughts on humanity and, and their their place as kind of not that big of a deal in the universe <laughs> makes and, uh, more makes more yeah. sense than the rush hour franchise <laughs> yeah all Lots right chemistry and good effects and yep i don't know well, no There's... great effects yeah great effects yeah not yeah. even good great i mean just phenomenal yep the, and the fact that they hold up after 26 years right is absolutely remarkable mm-hmm. um so all right yeah. okay so do you got anything to plug <laughs> no as you noted earlier on i'm not really online all that much i might um maybe i'll wrap up a little bit if i want to get more into this kind of thing um but for now i'm just kind of around i i'm on i have an account on mastodon but i don't really post anything there right so. no i know you're on discord um yeah yeah there's so many weird things that the right got the far right got to before everything it's like <laughs> do i really want to go like i i can't make sense about a lot of it so no i hear you there but i you know Thank you very much for the conversation. Love to have you back on if you ever got the time. Yeah. Um, sure. So yeah. Um, otherwise, you can find uh, this on the Ninety for Chill the podcast with Cat Bus Russ. My uh, Twitter account is at Cat Bus Russ. You can find me on Mastodon at Russ Stevens at Mastodon social. But I think they do kind of shorten it. They're getting better on Mastodon. Yeah. It, it will be a better place. Uh, screw for screw Zuckerberg and screw his threads. <laughs> yeah um but uh otherwise you want to be on the show just send an email to russabus07 at gmail.com that's r-u-s-s-t-h-e-b-u-s-0-7 at gmail.com offer me a movie a theme a director an actor try to focus on sub 100 minute material but i can make anything worth if work if you're willing to put the time in uh rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps i'm an apple guy myself I will uh, reciprocate said reviews. Uh, username is the Scoop Saley. Five stars is what I'm looking for. Be as honest as you want in the text, though. Um, otherwise, talk trash about it at at Cat Bus Russ. And uh, I just got to thank uh, Stacia Harden for keeping an eye on my ass for the last uh, 19 years, and I hope she's hugging the hell out of little Skimble Shanks, the one-eared angel. Um, so yeah uh if anything i guess thinking about the bigger universe thing thinking about my best friend and my second favorite cat i still have my first cat the queen cat ava (laughs) um but thinking about them still being around makes you think there might be something grander to this universe so uh any last words from you sam no uh thanks for having me on well, well thank you again yeah uh as i say i'm always going to be looking for people so yeah you feel in the mood got a movie hit me up 
I'm always up for Porco Rosso. I will say that. I might do that. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll just give it a watch some time and take some notes. We'll see. All right. Cool. Just let me know. So thanks again for coming to 90 for Chill the Podcast and have yourselves a good week. Can I hear a wahoo?